Hello, everybody. Welcome to RPG Cast episode 317 for the week of August 16th, 2014. I'm your host, Chris Privetier, here with Anna Marie Privetier. Be right back, Cucumber. John Yearworth. I'm British and stuff. <laughs> and stuffy, right? No? Phil Willis. Salutations, felicitations, and jubilations. Who says the same thing? Wrong show, Chris. I mean, what? no, I was going to say wrong show, Phil. You, no, 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 I was. Said, uh, wrong person, I, John. Yeah, if I had said, we're ready to talk about RPGs from the way back when, right up through yesteryear, which I almost did, just as a reflex, <laughs> then that would have been an appropriate what comment. What he's used to. If uh, it was correct, mm-hmm. yeah. And Emmanuel Marino. I appreciate that you say 2014. It is 2014. It ain't 2014, and anyone who thinks otherwise should be harassed. You know what I'm doing now? I'm what changing do- it up. I'm what changing it up. What are you changing? Uh, for now on, between yeah. 20, 2000 and 2009, I'm saying the 20. 2001, 2009. Done. Oh, that's official. so awkward. I don't care. I'm doing 20 it. 20 one We've been doing it for the last 3,000 years. Why change it now? I don't know that we have. I know. <laughs> First of all, mostly because English hasn't existed that long. Yeah, I know. It was a joke, man. Let's go. <laughs> all right. I don't, I'd, I'd make a middle English. I mean, I'd, I'd make an old English joke, but I, don't, I wouldn't understand myself. Yeah. We need Sean Cooper for Forsooth. those sorts of jokes. All right. Forsooth. <laughs> From Jan Winderbreak, the shyness Horatio I knew well then yet. All right. Uh, what are we doing? Oh, we're doing a show. Hey, everybody. Uh, what do we do a, at the beginning of shows? Anyone remember? Um, talk about stuff. All right. Well, Manny and I are going to go last because I know what's going to happen. So, <laughs> John, what have you been playing this week? Unfortunately, pretty much the same as last time. So, Final Fantasy fourteen, Elite Dangerous, Star Citizen, Mass Effect 3, and XCOM Enemy Within. Well, actually, the XCOM Enemy Within is the only real edition. And it's just like, oh, hey, I never actually finished my Enemy Within playthrough of XCOM. Let's go and do that now. That's the expansion? Yes. Cool. Is it expanded so, and lovely? Well, yes. I think I mentioned it on the cast before. I'm just making sure that you like it. That's all. Oh, yes. It made a number of uh, interesting additions to the game. Well. But it also allows me to field like an entire team full of mini mecha. What? Speaking, I was gonna say. Speaking of Mecha, did you ever try that advent? No, that choose your own adventure game, Mecha Ace. Um, I think I looked into it. It was quite a while ago when you linked it. Yeah. I got. Apparently, there's new games, a new category of games called Choose Your Own Adventure Book, <laughs> the App Store. Seriously, or is that like a tag? No, no, I was just joking because people are saying, "Oh, I released a brand new game." Like that's just a Choose Your Own Adventure where yeah. you where you p- turn the pages for me. Hmm. Wait. Oh, the game turns the pages. Yeah, I see. Are you looking up Mech Ace? No, no, I'm trying to think of... It made me think of that princess game Anna was playing. That's kind of choose-your-own-adventure. Oh, um... Long live the queen? Yeah. How many many times you killed her now, or did you give up on it? I'm taking a break. You're taking a break. You You can't get a good ending. Is that the demo for this game is just a web like a little a website with some <laughs> with some hyperlinks at the bottom to take you to the next section. Seriously? Hey, it's a text adventure. That's all you need for a demo. 
Choice, choice. It's even called Choice of Games. The company. Wow. Mecha Ace. Mecha Mecha Ace Mecha Holly. Wow, that's totally mobile themed. That website. Yeah. Buy it now. Play now for free. Restore purchases. What? <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I don't even. Is that? Hmm. I didn't even know you could close clans. Hmm. Oh, what? Oops. I just I just crossed the streams. I crossed the Skype chat with the show. I'm so sorry. None of you guys know what I'm talking about. All right. So yeah. let's see. What's going on here? Uh, John didn't do anything. Um, he failed us yet again. Um, should we buy Elite Dangerous? How about you tell us that? Wait, what? <laughs> Should we buy Elite Dangerous or keep waiting? Well, I wouldn't... Unless you have a massive interest in Space Sims, uh, I'd wait until the actual game comes out. Okay. At least. Or, a, or, an, or a SciTech X52 controller just lying around. Oh, uh, yeah. If you've got one of those, then, yeah. Yeah. You've already committed yourself. Yeah, okay. basically. Got it. Let's see. Anna, what have you been playing? Oh gosh, um, Picross E. You um, you destroyed Picross E. Yeah. Right. You finished the first one already. Yeah. Now you're in Picross E two. Uh, I haven't bought it yet. I'm gonna oh. take a break before I keep. Oh, more because more you more got Picross. pulled in by Pushmo. Yes. Ah. Uh. So I was playing that while I was waiting at the social security office. Yes, Anna <laughs> has registered for her right to pay taxes. Um, so what, what, okay. Does anybody on the podcast care about Picross E or, or Pushmo? I'm getting, I'm getting a giant, massive apathy field. Um, I also finished Style Savvy Trendsetters. Hey, that's the game I bought for you because I figured you'd like it. Actually, let me rephrase that. I rolled credits. I didn't finish it Um, because there's a lot of stuff that unlocks when you get the credits in the game. So that's another one that I want to go back to it. Just not quite yet. And I've also been playing World of Warcraft. Mm-hmm. Ooh. So, um, yeah, I decided to do some raids on my level 90 Resto Druid, and that's what I did last night. So, yay. And I think that's everything that I've been playing this week. Oh, Bookworm Adventures, and that's pretty good. Yeah, you got back into Bookworm. What's yeah. up with that? I wanted to replay it. Hmm. Okay. If that's what you really want. Hey, you sent me Hatofu Boyfriend. I did send you Hatofu Boyfriend. Did you send me the other one that you said was totally a me game? No, I asked you to look at it and oh. to decide. Um, what you is forgot. it called again? <laughs> um, Orange something comedy club? I don't know. It's on that page. Oh, shoot. I got to find There's that a giant bomb. Again. Quick look. There For is. a game about a comedy club, it's not very funny. No, not a hundred percent orange juice, right? No, not a hundred percent orange juice. Comedy something, something, club. something. Comedy club. Oh, I already own Continuum Shift Extend on my Vita. Cherry Tree High comedy. That's club. the one. Yeah. So there are two sales we should notify people of. I don't know how long they last compared from um, now. Well, the Steam one goes until August eighteenth. Okay. So two days. There's a Steam sale for a bunch of Japanese indie games. You can see that at store.steampower.com slash sale slash Japanese indie 
Uh-oh. I forgot it. Japanese Indie what? Festival. Japanese Indie Festival. Yeah. So you can go see those. And then PS Na- PSN for the week has a bunch of like Japanese games on sale as well. They're not Indies. They're like Persona 3 Fest for 250 or something like that if you're on PS Plus. Yeah, it's ridiculous prices. So you go check that out. Um, so you... Okay, so that's what you did. Nobody cares about your games because you play boring casual games, except for Style Savvy, because I care about that because I bought it for you, so you must love that. Right? <laughs> Is that how that works? No? Okay. Yeah, that looks good, Chris. <laughs> Link Between Worlds? You still plugging away on that? Um, Again? I didn't play it this week, but I oh, okay. will play it. You will play I didn't it play it week. last week, I'll but I will play it this all right, week. All right, all right. Phil, what have you been playing? Dude, I've been playing games. Like, games? Like games. Like, like old plural. games? Because everybody knows. Board games, video games, you name it, I play it. You play you know, it? Yeah. A, a pen and paper role playing is, man, play I'm games a with Utah polygamist. Yeah. I am like all over this stuff. Wait, what? I'm a Utah polygamist. Oh, You've heard of us, right? We're all over the news all the no, time. you can't do that. No? I have to report you now. Dang it. So let's see. (laughs) Well, I got the. There's a new. um, There's a new. Well, I don't know how new it really is, but there's a D and D board game called Lords of Waterdeep. We played that last night. That was pretty. I have that on my iPad. That sounds like Cthulhu. Well, it's a it's a European style uh, board game. If you played like Ticket to Ride, European uh, style uh, meaning good. (laughs) <laughs> European style is like it's like uh, you Some know whether it's a Western guitar. style RPG. It's just a it's just subgenre of board games. Yeah, the good uh, genre, right? The good genre. Yeah, that's how that you works. Lo- oh, it's the good genre. <laughs> yeah, it's good or it's not. Your- All right, just keep talking about it. No, no, the the real division though. If you actually want to know, it's a little bit of snobbery because the American board games are seen as stuff like Monopoly or at best Ooh. Risk. And the Euro board games are stuff like uh, Carcassonne. I hate, hate hearing ride. the word best attached to risk. <laughs> I don't like risk. I don't no, like that's what I'm saying, either. though. Like, as, as far as North American board games are seen as really simple, like kind of forgettable throwaway affairs, as opposed okay. to you know the serious Euro board games where we're going to spend a serious night playing or maybe oh, an entire weekend. I mean, like, Euro board games are characterized by a lot of resource management, um, a reduction, randomness factor. I, I can't even remember the last time I played a European board game that had dice. Uh, the first thing I do when I pull out this game is, like, it's got a D&D logo on the front, and there's not a single dice to be found in the box. I'm like, yeah, well, that, that was, like, a moment for me. Like, where's the dice? There's got to be dice. No, it's and about And then contrast that to, like, the most famous, like, American board games. You got, like, <laughs> the most complex is someone managing the bank and giving you your mortgage payouts. Oh geez, that's old school board games. I'm like, I'm like in the 21st century. I don't. No, play that, that's that's. Scrapple. I'm just telling you, that's where th- these terms come from. It's a lot of these kind of. Well, I know, but but you're comparing like. No, no, no. no I'm comparing... not comparing anything. I'm telling you the origins okay. of these things. Okay. I, I don't necessarily agree with that sentiment either, because there are a lot of people are doing interesting things in the American wargaming board game. I was about space. to say, like, if you say an American style board game today, I'm probably going to pull something out. Well, like, like I said, I didn't. Invent the terminology, minutes. and I'm not the one who's saying. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, I'm just giving you the lowdown. 
Right. Well, nowadays, American-style board games are things that are a little bit more fun uh, than Scrabble or Monopoly. Because, yeah, those were – you're right. That's kind of like how we got our start. But just like video games from the Atari times, you don't got a whole – I mean, yeah, there are definitely people still sitting around playing the classics. Absolutely, just like there are people playing classic video games. Uh, I think but the, the majority of people is, have moved on to more fun affairs that have come out this century. The difference is, though, like your average German family might have a copy of Carcassonne just sitting, on, sitting around – and yeah. you actually might play it as opposed to your average American family will maybe have Monopoly. Yeah, I mean – that's, like, that's the big difference between the Euro-style games and the American ones. It's just they're a lot more popular and a lot more complex and people like it like that. Hmm. Um, so you know, the, the, the European style – I mean just – putting my mind back in the 21st century the yeah that marked difference is still yeah they're still mostly about resource management lack of randomness uh you're you're thinking more about what you're doing strategic wise um i find that the appeal out here in america is a little bit more limited it's usually um the guys who are you know who like pen and paper role-playing games that are going to be more open to a european style video game or board game i should say i'm used to saying video games whereas if i bring the guys over from work uh, especially if it's mixed company a mixed gender type of thing uh they're looking for something a little bit more casual like uh, you know word on the street or uh, redemption or uh, even dominion which you know those are not exactly european style uh, you know they're more casual affairs anyways so um yeah we played that last night uh you know you could have slapped just about any theme on this game and it would have worked it's uh, essentially you draw a couple of quest cards and a couple of what's called entry cards and when it's your turn you get to decide where you want to place your uh, markers you got you got like five markers and um, each turn you get you get to place those markers somewhere in the city and by putting them in places in the city they they generally do things for you or generate resources once you've got so many resources uh, you complete off uh, quests, and you've also got hidden quests. If you play Ticket to Ride, it's it's very similar that you're building trains and connecting cities, but uh, only you know what your um, ticket, you know, your bigger ticket missions are. So, um, you know, there's points you're gaining along the way. There's a track on the outside, just like Ticket to Ride. Uh, but at the end, you show everybody what your hidden win conditions were to earn extra points. So somebody who's behind may suddenly zip ahead because they did a better job of doing what their lord told them to do. So the lords of Waterdeep are basically kind of the uh, the big power figures that are really um, making the city run. So uh, each each player has a lord of Waterdeep card from one of the lords, and that's providing them with their big you know, objective that can earn them lots of bonus points at the end of the game when that's revealed. So yeah, pretty interesting. Lots of thinking and lots of figuring out, well, if I do this, I'm going to sacrifice this. Um, When we had to stop last night because one of my friends had to go home, my big decision was, hey, I could pick up this one quest card, which has a really big payoff, but because the quest cards are face up and everyone can see it has this big, you know, cost, People could try to block me by, you know, because then other people would get a turn after I buy that card. They may try to block me by snatching up those resources, for example. So there's some tug and some pull and some give and some take. And it's very interesting, very fascinating. If you haven't tried it, it's uh, it's worth trying out. According to the store owner that I bought it from, who, uh, you know, I've known her for years, she um, she says that this is a game they go back to again and again. So um, I still want to play it more times before I give it a uh, give it my official fill stamp of approval but yeah that was a that was a bit of fun little that, like the nintendo there. seal quality that's right absolutely 
Uh, been playing more Dragon Warrior 3. I've almost got some characters up to level 20, which is super exciting because that's when they can actually change classes. Uh, super exciting also because I've been carrying a Jester in the party uh, for 18 levels now, and, and that guy really needs to change. Um, Jesters, they just basically goof off in battle. Uh, occasionally, they actually do their attack when you tell them to attack. But uh, at least half of the time, they're tripping over things, accidentally hitting other party members, um, things like that. The reason why you would suffer a Jester in your party is because when you get to level 20 and you start changing classes, the Jester is the only one who, without any other qualifications, can become the all-powerful Sage, a class that combines the best of Cleric and Wizard, gets to wear the armor of a Cleric and wield the Cleric spells while being also to learn and cast Wizard spells along the way. So... um, uh, you can uh, – in the game, uh, my understanding is there is one item that will allow a character to turn into a sage. But if you want more than one sage, you're going to have to have uh, people be jesters for a while. So I want two sages. So one of my characters has been a jester. I appropriately named them all after my my brother-in-laws. Uh, so um, Will is the jester of the family, so he became the jester in the game. So he thought I was insulting him, but I reminded him that the Jester becomes the most powerful class in the game. So, and he is a power gamer. So he was okay once I explained that to him. Well, that's nice. Yeah, yeah. How old it's, is it's he? A, oh, God, we're all in our <laughs> we're we're all old, Chris. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Let's see here. Uh, not a young spring chick anymore. That's for sure. So. Uh, yeah, that game's that game's a lot more balanced than Dragon Warrior Two, and doesn't ha- and I haven't run into uh, any uh, any of the frustrating factors from Dragon Warrior Two as far as just you know Dragon Warrior Two was masochistic in trying to get the party lost, trying to confuse the party, dungeons that would just eat you whole, um, large large ass mazes with no explanation. Uh, I haven't really run into that with Dragon Warrior Three. Uh, the most irritating thing I've run across is their version of the mimic which is called the Canna Box. You'll be opening up a chest thinking you're about to get some treasure, and the chest will come alive and try to eat you. This is not uncommon in role-playing games. However, this has got to be the first time where the treasure chest that attacked me can kill people in one hit and has led to TPKs, where I can handle any other monster boss, no problem. The treasure chest gets initiative. Somebody goes down. So evil mm. freaking pain in my and I'm trying to play it the way it's meant to be played. So I, I could use the emulator save state and just jump back, uh, but usually when that happens, I'll actually teleport, you know, back to town and crap and get them resurrected and swear a few times and then go back to the cave. So that's exciting. Um, what else have we been playing? Of course, uh, some Final Fantasy XIV. Uh, we're gonna take on Titan tonight. The cool thing is with Shirley and her brothers, we're all playing Lalafell. we got the whole family of Lalafell going on. I think I mentioned that before. So uh, Titan's a big boss. I understand that he also kills people for kicks and giggles. And uh, we're going to be particularly challenged because uh, we did that last level 32 dungeon. It's uh, it's a swamp with a dragon at the end. Uh, I forget what it's called. But um, we must have, you know, usually usually you can just do Dungeon Finder and pug that through. No problem. Mm-hmm. When we did it with the brothers, we kept dying over and over again. And, it, you know, it's it's pretty funny when you're having, like, a frustrating experience with a pug. Usually the accusations will start flying and stuff like that. But when you're with family on Skype, it's just like, or you're, like, biting your tongue and stuff. It's like, Winston, why weren't you healing me, man? Come on, dude. Come on. Shelly's laughing back there because she remembers this. What were you doing? Oh, you were chasing after the treasure chest. You know, that's really awesome, Win, but... The idea is that when people are hitting the tank, <laughs> you're supposed to heal them. Yeah, that does help. 
Yeah. And then the other time it was like I was poisoned. And this guy, this is the guy I mentioned before. He's like a power gamer. He's already got two classes at level 50. Um, you know, he's just way, way ahead of us, even though he started months after us. Uh, so I'm sitting there, you know, fighting a boss and they poison you and my hit points are going down. And he's constantly healing. And he's doing area of effect healing. So his mana is going down really, really quick. Um, and I'm still poisoned. So once he runs out of mana, I die. And then the rest of the party dies. And we're like, bro, what were you doing? Asuna. You use Asuna to get rid of poison and single person heals. And he's like, what's Asuna? Damn, oh bro. My the gosh. power gamer of the group. You're level 50 in how many class? In fact, that healing, uh, that, that's you know, it sounds like what's he's wide and shallow. It sounds like he knows how to get to max level, but doesn't necessarily mm-hmm. understand the in and out concept. Well, he just whacks stuff classes. with his hammer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he must have sold his whole way through or just wasn't paying attention and running pugs. I mean, you're right. He's probably exactly what you just said. It's just it's just funny as hell because he's supposedly the uh, the power gamer of the group. So we had to explain to him how to, to heal. But it's it's just so funny. I think, you know, for the most part, when Shirley and I do pugs, occasionally you get one that, you know, has some weak links and you get a little frustrated. But we were much, much more frustrated with him than any pug we've done since we joined the game. It was just like, bro, Asuna, single person heals. Come on, man. He's like, um, he starts typing, I'm out of mana, I'm out of mana. How can you be out of mana? Nobody runs out of mana in these games anymore. I mean, <laughs> You geez. haven't even cast anything. Yeah, I'm like, I'm dying too. How can you be out of mana? <laughs> so I started watching. Thankfully, Final Fantasy does show you, if you're paying attention to the uh, party status, uh, you know, thing up in the upper left, you can see what spells they're casting. So I started watching him, and he's like, all he's doing is casting Medica, which is the group heal over and over. And it's like, dude, so single person heals. Get the poison off me so you don't have to keep healing me. Da 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 da. Yeah. I guess it's everyone's first time. Well, it's not. See, that's the thing. He's played so many MMOs. I was about to say it's everyone's first time. And that's, you know, her other brother is his first time in MMO. So him, we're explaining things slowly. And, and that's understandable. It's his very first MMO. Um, but yeah, even he's uh, gotten up to a little 50 Fisher because I think they have a lot more free time than we do. So he's been following Adrian's example. So uh, he's now a master fisherman. Adrian's inspiring people. I wonder if he's going to come back and listen to this. But for those who don't know, when uh, Adrian – I got Adrian to come into 14 uh, last month, I want to say, and he joined – he did some adventuring class, but then he started doing fishing, and he picked that up, gathering class, and uh, he hit max level fishing within a week, I want to say. It was just incredible. He just fell so much in love with that, with that whole fishing thing, and uh, he just couldn't stop, and he's catching big fish and making money. Adrian also managed to get to level 50 Fisher before he got anything else to level 50. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Right. I forgot that. Yep. Yes. It's like, hey, are you a level 50 anything else? Nope. Just Fisher. Just Fisher. <laughs> yeah. So that yeah, was crazy. Playing uh, WWE 2K14. Why? I played through all my favorite WrestleMania moments from WrestleMania 1 through 6. Oh, really? Are yeah. you subscribed to the WWE Network? I do. I love my wrestling. It's okay. exciting. It's much better than, than real sports because, mm-hmm. you know, they actually script it to be exciting, whereas regular sports, you know, you, you kind of hit or miss there. But, uh, yeah, no. Um, so that's what I've been doing is I've been watching the WrestleManias on WWE. I'm actually watching all the pay-per-views. So I hit the WrestleManias, you know, as I go through each year, and I'm up to like six or seven now. And then I'll go back and play 2K14, which has all the best moments from each of the WrestleManias one through 
30 or 29 or something. So 25 maybe. I, I don't remember. Anywho, so that's what I'm doing. And it's pretty cool because they did a really great job of capturing most of that uh, of that atmosphere from each of the WrestleManias. And it's very cool that you can go to WWE, watch the WrestleMania, and then go and play the big match uh, you know, from that show. And uh, and you can kind of compare and you're, hey, oh yeah, they did say this. Or you know, they'll make you, in the wrestling match, if you want to unlock hidden stuff, there's usually a lot of optional sub-goals uh, like for... Um, uh, you know, you might it might be knocking a person over a certain way, like they did in the the actual wrestling match, or interfering with the referee. Um, usually, some of them are done through quick time events. Uh, nothing too terribly difficult if you know where the buttons are on the PlayStation controller. Um, the, uh, the sometimes they'll be really tough though, especially if it's like a ladder match or something. Like I hate ladder matches because the game's kind of glitchy there. Um, one of the previous, I think I, I had beaten two, uh, 2013, WWE 13, uh, a couple of weeks ago, and to unlock some of the hidden wrestlers there in the in the ladder, just to get through the ladder match. Hell, it was like six people in a ladder match, and you had to be the one who won. Who won. And every time you start climbing up on a ladder, of course, someone's going to knock you down. And there's six people. Try clearing the ring and getting up on that ladder quick enough before one of the other six people get back up and knock you out. And then with the glitches and stuff, oh my gosh, I was swearing at the end of that one. But uh, yeah, so 2K14, pretty pretty fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, still working through Strange Journey, Shin Megami Tensei Strange Journey on the DS is my workout game. I am going through what I believe uh, Glenn refers to in his review as the never-ending dungeon, the last one. that never just Never-ending yeah. dungeon. Oh, just, here you go. It's just like the never-ending story. Oh. Yeah, it's what, uh, what it's very long, and there's no, oh, okay. there's not a lot of story in that last dungeon. So it's just, it's a good workout game though. And uh, you know the thing about those those SMT games, boy, you're level seventy, you got a bunch of level sixty eight demons. You're feeling like a badass, but the random battles will absolutely put you in your place. You're, you know, even somewhat not paying attention. I'm sitting there working out. What I'll usually do is I'll put in the commands for them to attack. Wait, and wait, how are you working out while you do this? I'm working on a treadmill. Okay. And what I do is I put the treadmill at the maximum incline, which is 15%. Oh, jeez. And I'll usually walk it like between 2.2 and 2.7 miles per hour, you know, just depending on, you know, how much uh, how much the heart rate is up. So, um, uh, yeah, I can walk and play a game at the same time. And peripheral vision and all that other fun stuff. Gotten really good at it, actually. Mm-hmm. So, um so, but sometimes when I'm really sweating hard, you know, after about 15 minutes or so, I mean, it's like really dripping. I need to wipe my brow off or something. So I'll put in the commands. I'll put it, I'll put the DS down. I'll wipe myself or whatever and pick it back up and the, 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 the turn is over, right? So I'm just doing some, some grinding uh, outside one of the save points and uh, random encounter, put in my commands, put it down, wipe my brow, pick it back up, party's dead. I'm like, what, what happened? It's a game over reset screen. So I do it again. Sure enough, I get the same problem again because I'm doing the same thing. So this time I'm like, okay, I'm going to pay attention. I don't know how my party's dying. I had full health and everything. Um, so it was these enemies that when you attack them, they retaliate. Uh, they get on that counterattack that does devastating damage, around 60% of most characters' hit points. And um, so uh, you have to use either magic or the best thing to use is the charm. Just charm them all. They don't counterattack when they're charmed, and it's really fun watching them kill each other. And it almost works 100% of the time with these particular monsters. So, um, yeah, you just got to pay attention to what you're attacking. <laughs> Good old SMT, man. Does, does not hesitate to put you in your place. And, of course, if the hero falls, the game is over. So, awesome mechanic, by the way. Can never praise that mechanic enough. 
Oh, oh, and of course, Clash of Clans. Woohoo! No, I'm, get, I'm getting black you walls. You oh. can't cheer about Clash of Clans. Oh man, Clash of Clans is awesome. It's what a, level that, is your city? Uh, eight. So is mine. Eight's like Foreverville. Yeah. Like, well, so was seven. <laughs> no, no. I mean, seven was over a month for me, but eight <laughs> is going on to like three months, and there's uh-huh. I still don't have an ETA in sight. Uh-huh. It's those walls are just so expensive. Oh, you're finishing all your walls first before upgrading? Well, I'm also working on the weapons, and the weapons aren't really cheap. I mean, my wizard towers are one almost two million now to upgrade to their next level. Uh, the cannons are, I don't know, two and a, a half lot. million to upgrade. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I've almost done all the elixir upgrades outside of research that I can do. My dragon, level three dragon, was three million elixir. I started that about nine days ago. He's got ten hours left, and then I'll have level three dragons, which the clan's really happy about because that means I can give them level three dragons for attacks. Um, I think that's what kind of makes the game fun is it's that asynchronous um, chit chat and banter and playing with your friends and stuff without necessarily having to be on at the same time. You can give them uh, warriors and stuff for defense and offense and do clan wars together. Uh, so yeah, I've still got like I don't know at least eight more upgrades to do in my research facility, and some of them are super expensive. The Valkyrie is fifty thousand black elixir. I can't even hold fifty thousand black elixir yet. I have to upgrade my dark elixir storage, which is two point four million elixir. Yeah. Is so, there two eyes in elixir in that game? Yeah, let's take a look. No, here. Phil just says it weird. Okay, just check. I was trying to decide whether or not to call him on it, and I decided to don't be nice. call me out on English. I slaughter everything. Come yeah. listen to our backtrack sometime. I'll slaughter your names. This for from you. a Canadian. Who's a Canadian? This is true. Anna does eat bagels. Bagels. Say out and about on a boat. No, no. really. Say, say out and about on a boat, please. Out and about on a boat. She's trying too hard now. <laughs> on a boat. <laughs> out in a boot and a boot. Out in a boot and a boot. We do not say a boot. <laughs> yes, you do. Uh, your no, mom. Just... You need to get your mom to do voice samples for the podcast. <laughs> we just had a max exodus in our clan. We just had four people leave. <gasps> what happened? We only had fifteen to begin with. What happened? You know, a lot of these are uh, are friends of of his uh, his sons and stuff. So they're probably oh. young people and went on to do something else because you know they got short attention spans. So that's pretty fun. Um. Hmm. Anywho, um, so yeah, I think that's all. I'm sure I could think of some more if I sit here long enough. No, that's, no, cool. that's cool. That's cool. <laughs> uh, Manny, should we get into our thing? Um, all right, I guess. I've had enough time to warm up. <laughs> I think you have. So I don't know about you. Uh, yeah. Oh, I was going to say, so Chris, Chris. Yeah. Ask me about my Monster Hunter. Dude, have you hunted any monsters this week? Kangalalas. Kangalalas. So many Kangalalas. I hate that dude. Oh, I'm playing with the little tiny ones, which are just as annoying. Mm-hmm. Like they stick your, their butt right in your face and fart on you, and it's really mm-hmm. gross and upsetting. Mm. So, Manny and I have been playing Monster Hunter Freedom Unite on our iPads. And, yes, Monster well, you've been Hunter playing Freedom it on everything. You've been playing on iPad, iPad Mini, and uh, iOS. Yeah, I can play that on an iPad? Yeah. Get out. Yeah. Yeah, that's with the part that? at the end where it says for iOS. 
becomes important. <laughs> but it's it's got so many control. I know. They've you know, done if you want really to know more, you can read my impression on rpgamer.com. No, no, no. The website You're is called here. rpgamer.com. You're here. You give your no, impression. No, I know, I know. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, what is your impression, Manny? My impression is this is a fantastic port of the PSP game, and in, in a lot of ways, it's better than it was before. That's, that's, control. Yeah. that's my thesis. That's my quick little thesis. That's a good statement. thesis, yeah. Um, so... They've done a really good job of porting the controls. I don't even use the iOS controller, and I felt like um, I enjoy controlling the game better than I do on the 3DS. It is surprisingly. like I mean, so the big mistake that most people, the most developers do when they just shoehorn a console or a handheld game onto a touch device is that they recreate every single virtual button and just put it on the screen and overlay it. And mm. thankfully... I mean, this game has come like several years into Capcom's mobile development and several years into iOS being a game platform. So they have some experience to realize, you know, that doesn't work. When we try that with a Resident Evil 4 or you name it, they were terrible experiences and rightfully so. Because, you know, you have to every time you wanted to reload or dodge or take out your knife or you name it, you're always looking down at your screen, always looking at your fingers and what they were doing. Instead, what they've done here is, because you think, you know, Monster Hunter, uh, this sword, this sword and shield, or this long sword, or this great sword, I, I, I can block, I can do a power charge attack, I can swing from the side, I can kick. How do I do all of those things without putting you know, 20 different buttons on the screen? So what they did instead is you only have three buttons on like the right side of the screen at any time. So what you have is a dodge button that's always present because you, you never know when you need to dodge. You have an attack button, and then you have your block slash special ability button. And the clever thing is that the each one of those buttons are huge. And instead of well, each one is huge. So if you want to do, say, a charge attack with your greatsword, what you do is you hit the you hit the you hit the button and you slide your finger up, and then you can start charging. Or say you want to kick with your greatsword, you hit the button and slide to the left. Or say you just want to do like a long cross sweep, you'll hit the button and swipe to the right. So very quickly you learn like, okay, I'm using my long sword and I want to do a piercing attack. Just slide that button up. Oh no, the guy's coming at me. I need to block really quickly or I need to dodge, roll out of the way. You know, you hit the shield button or maybe and you slide it up or you slide it to the left. So by doing that and having a bunch of different combinations of those things combined with uh, contextual buttons that only appear when you need them, like for uh, skinning or for uh, gathering either herbs or mining, the screen is remarkably clutter-free and it's actually really easy just to know, okay, my, my, to attack, my thumb needs to be in this general area and then I just either hit it directly or slide up, down, left, or right. Okay, I'm blocking, slide up, down, left, or right. And it's actually even easier than it is on a, with the controller or it was on the PSP to, to pick your items because you can just scroll that little item tray as quickly as you want to, yep. get to your, the thing that you need and just hit the button and you uh, use that item. So, I mean... Ideally, I mean, the best way to play this is with uh, an extended MFI controller, a made-for-iPhone controller, the one that has, like, two right. analog sticks. <laughs> but then you have your buttons back. I, I thought you were enjoying the fact that you had content-sensitive buttons instead no, of I mean, regular buttons. Ideally, if you want, like, absolute precision and you yeah. want to be able to control your camera with, like, like, with fine finesse and you want the same PSP experience but with the addition of two extra triggers and an extra and joystick. And a right stick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean – that's clearly the that's going to be the best okay. experience for those. Purists. So let's talk about the camera. This game lets you effectively cheat as far as Monster Hunter oh, aficionados are to concerned. Be fair, to be fair, they did add this into Monster Hunter Three. Ultimate. Are you sure? I don't think yeah. they did. Well, in it's called Ultimate, the target camera. In Ultimate, you can tap on the screen and it'll center on the target. 
But here you have a straight up lock on for the target. That's the new addition okay. is that they they added the lock on to the target camera. Yeah. So there's a the target camera has like three options. Is uh the Monster Hunter three version where you just hit it and it recenters on the monster and you can turn it off if you're a purist. Or honestly, this is like you ask how can I play this game on a touchscreen? This target is why. Camera. This is <laughs> you why. Can- yeah. Um, even without it, though, um, because you can't use it on the minions, you can only use it on the bosses, which I thought was a, a fun compromise. Um, you you have so much good control of that camera with the touchscreen, way better than you think it would. It's like on the iPad, the claw grip works way better than it does on the PSP because you just have to tap a finger oh, on the yeah. screen even and move around. Claw, yeah. yeah, and it's it's amazing that this game plays as well as it does on this device, but it Let really put it does. This way. Chris and I played for hours. We took down several my, bosses. Dude, my, my game counter is over 30 hours right now. Hands have not hurt once while I was playing. Actually, my one hands, of those, but my hands, my hands hurt more playing with the MFI controller because I have the tiny little Stratus, which is, you know, the little portable one that's all squat. That hurt more playing with that controller than it did with the touchscreen controls. Yeah. Uh, one thing I will say, anybody going to pick this game up, don't buy a controller just for this game. Give it a try with just the game because they've done a wonderful job on the on-screen controls. Um, it's probably better use of your money than spending $80 on a made-for-iPhone controller, um, especially because there are a lot of really good improvements to those controllers coming really soon. Yeah, um, at E3, there was actually a surprising like secret iOS E3 that it, like uh, a lot of the touch sites went looking for, and everyone was showing off their new controllers. Because I, I think everyone expects... You guys remember the Amazon Fire TV and how it's like a built-in gaming platform. You can play a bunch of Android games on it, and you can buy the $40 controller. Everyone is waiting for the other shoe to drop and Apple to do their Apple TV gaming console. Mm-hmm. So everyone's getting ready, and they're making like full-size, real... Um, made for iPhone controllers. So like Mad Cats has like an Xbox 360 style controller in two different sizes, one a little bit more portable, one larger. Hori's making one that's like a, that's basically a knockoff of the PlayStation 4 controller. Uh, Steel Series has one that looks like a mix between... The Stratus the XL is the one that I'm looking at. Oh yeah, the XL looks great. I actually uh, held it and I played it a little bit at uh, during E3. It, it oh. feels just like an Xbox One controller, the triggers and everything, except it has the inline sticks of a PlayStation 4 rather than yeah. offset. It feels Which really is what solid. I like. I like inline sticks. Which is it, – it, it's weird though. So like because everyone is expecting Apple to do this, they're saying let's just make the real controllers now. And they feel better. The sticks are better than this first generation. And they're going to be cheaper. <laughs> yeah. So they're like – I think starting price is going to be like – like 50 to, oh, I to hope $80. So. Cuz $80 for a controller is insanity. But you have to remember though, this is $80 after several months and the price has been reduced. These things yeah. started at $100 and up. Yeah, which is I I don't know if they're just recouping engineering um costs or I, something. I think a but lot it's of that's crazy. It's, it's, it's because of the M- MFI spec. You have to source your parts from very specific people. I, I, and that really, really I know, but it. look at the... Hori's able to do this. Hori uses good parts in their controllers, and they don't cost that much necessarily. You're, I know. The second gen is coming, and they're better, and they feel better. And if they start at 80 that means by the time they drop down $30, $40 like these new ones have, they'll be like 50 40 bucks. Reason. And that's a pretty yeah. reasonable thing that you can use for your iPhone, for your iPad, for your Apple TV eventually, for your Mac, based on some APIs I saw during WWDC. So for 40 bucks and it works across the entire Apple, Apple ecosystem, that's reasonable. Mm, that oh, but back cool. to the game, though. Um, the other huge addition is 
online multiplayer. Yeah, and obviously that's how we've been playing with each other. Um, we it has some shortcomings though. Well, you, you know why though? It's because this game is a, like a five or six year old PS year old PSP game designed for local. Uh, yeah. Co-op only. You, the so only way you of, could play online in the old ones is you had to run this app on your PS3 that kind of bridged right, online. Yeah, uh, or you used Xlink Kai, which had support for it too. Um, yeah, so now they've they've got proper online in there um, with some shortcomings. Unlike Monster Hunter 3, when you're in the online mode with your friends, you cannot access the weapon smith and you cannot access your box. Oh, wait, no, you can access your box. I'm sorry. You can't small access, box, you sure. can't change your equipment though. Yeah. That's what I meant. Yeah. So yeah, man. That, I, those I are... get it though. I mean, originally this was you and your couple of friends in the same room, be like, oh, I want to go run out to the box. I'll be back in a minute. It's really ridiculous because like you need to change weapons for different fights. And you know, it's I don't understand why they didn't shoehorn in box access or something as well, but whatever. You no, know, this feels like and they also kind of shoehorn in um online chat through Apparently, this app, we, we were confused because we didn't know what this was at first. They, this it's, called, a, it's an app that's more popular in Japan than yeah. the U.S. It's called Apparently Lobby. Apparently, they use the, the Lobby API in a lot of Japanese games. For L-O-B-I. So everyone has accounts over there. Um, so you'll want, if you're going to pick this up and want to chat with other people, you'll want to get this game. You'll want to download the Lobby app and make an account in it. Oh, just don't so worry. it'll stop forget, harassing you about it. The, the app will remind you repeatedly. To I don't even the think it, it actually does anything different for the in-game integration, but it's good to have the, the, um, the app separate. Maybe if you have an iPhone and an iPad, that way you can chat in your Monster Hunter Lobby while you're in the game um, and while you're uh, fighting um, on your iPhone rather than... You, because you usually yeah. can't access it while you're actually on a hunt. But if you have like the lobby app open on your phone, you can access it there and can chat with the folks that are in the room with you. Yeah, that was a big flaw is that you don't know when your friends are on. Like me and Chris oh, had to yeah. do a lot of off, like third party sort of coordination. Uh, at the cinema. We, we, yeah, tw- we send Twitter DMs to each other when, when it's time to play. And Which it's not ideal. Like no. I would like to know like, oh, your friend Chris has just joined – uh, Monster Hunter, would you I like think, to go join him? I think I need to start texting you instead or something because Twitter's not working that great. <laughs> so the way I kind of feel about this game is that it's a great first start for Monster Hunter on this platform or eventually, I don't think it's going to come to Android because from what I hear is Japan is iOS country. Oh, okay. So I, I think a lot of like the people who Capcom's hoping to sell this game to just don't have a lot of Android phones and don't really plan on getting them. So, um, but if it does come to Android, that would be great. I'm sure a lot of people like to get on this. But the main thing is, I think this is like a good first step. I think this was their test bed. They took an old PSP game, they upraised the graphics, they added a, a great touch interface. It's missing some features, like you know, the online lobby system is a little finicky. Um, the lobby app is kind of shoehorned, is like literally layered. Not on kind top of, of it truly is shoehorned in. <laughs> Just layered right on top, and there's no cloud save, so you kind of have to pick where you're going to play this and just sort of stick to it. That's just dumb. Why is, is there no cloud save on this thing? I have no idea. That is dumb. So you got to use like one of those, oh, what's it called? iPhone. I, I don't uh, like iPhone box, like a third party app, and you have to plug in your phone and then just manually pull the or file iTools. out of the iTools is the one I use, but yeah. yeah. So. But like I said, this is a good first step. But you can see how a game that was actually designed with multiplayer in mind to begin with, like Monster Hunter 3 Ultimate, 
which actually has you know the a lobby with cook with cooking and uh, the the vendors right and the Mm -hmm. people that craft stuff for you in there. And I think you can send messages to each other, not necessarily chat, but like maybe help. I need help or come save me. Something like that. Am I wrong? Like little pre canned messages? Um, no. You can't send even pre canned messages. I didn't see any. Huh. There's like the gestures. But so I, I could have so okay I was wrong I was always under the impression that a Monster Hunter Ultimate oh when oh online I'm sorry I thought you meant this one yeah no. you're right on on uh, like I because I just did this I played Monster Hunter Three Ultimate a little bit yes you do have the pre canned messages you can send um, of course on the Wii U you've got the touch keyboard that's a little bit more accessible and you can plug in a USB keyboard as well so just imagine. You know, like I said, this is a good first step. I can imagine them perfecting this with Monster Hunter 3 Ultimate, which has, you know, better customization, is a little bit more friendly in terms of bringing in new players, has better integrated online, so it's not shoehorned in. Because there were quite a few times when I had to guess what Chris was up to when we were playing, because you can't chat during actual hunts. Yeah. (laughs) So I have to be like, so Chris would figure out, oh, he's putting down a trap. I guess he wants, I guess, Emmanuel... I want to capture them. Yeah. <laughs> you would start throwing your uh, yeah. your tranquilizer darts afterwards. Yeah. I'm like, oh, Chris is running away. I should go with him. He needs help. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, oh, I think this is a great first step. And if and if uh, it's a so- it's really fair price, fifteen dollars. Uh, there's no in-app purchases. No. You're getting DLC. a lot of game for fifteen bucks. This is the furthest I've ever gotten in a Monster Hunter. It probably lends itself a lot better than it does to the to the PSP because the battery lasts longer. I, yes. It's a device I it does it lasts a lot longer. It's a I keep it on my person it's a, a big lot more. Screen like, too, relatively, you know. Yeah, and you know it actually looks they upgraded it quite a bit. I mean, yeah. you could probably call this Monster Hunter Freedom H like a HD instead of just for iOS, and then you can get away with calling it that. Hmm. It's not HD though. No, but you know it's definitely up res and looks a lot nicer. I, just, I don't want to use HD if it's not HD. That's that's a mean. All right, thing, right, right, right. fair sure. enough. Fair enough. <laughs> so, I, I say it's an easy recommendation, especially for Monster Hunter fans or for people who are just looking for a fun action game on their platform. There's no BS. You're not going to be asked for coins or have to download extra monsters. And as a matter of fact, all of the extra DLC missions that were included as download as download items on the PSP version, they're already in there. From the get-go, online multiplayer. Oh, one thing I can say, it's really easy to jump into a match with other people. You can just pick a guild hall for your the rank that you feel comfortable in, like one to three or five yeah. to six. Or and just I've jump had in trouble with that. People. I've had yeah. trouble with that. Um, the lobby system's kind of jank there. Um, whenever I'm doing that, I'm always deposited into a lobby that has people that are already in the middle of a fight. So you have to <laughs> sit there and wait 10 to 20 minutes for them to finish and come back. Hope they don't leave as soon as they come back. And then there's certain times of night I've gone on and I've been a- unable to find a room. Yeah. Uh, most of the people on this game, it's only been out, what, a month? Two months? Yeah. A- and they're already like Hunter Rank 8 or 9 or G, people which is insane. Crying. I haven't even made Hunter Rank 2 yet. I'm 30 plus hours into the game. <laughs> <laughs> it. I guess the thing is I'm so bullish on this game because I think... This is, these are probably the best virtual buttons emulating controller that I've seen yeah. on the platform so far. And there's no there, no one's trying to like nickel and dime you, and it looks nice, and it's relatively like feature complete. You it know? feels respectful to uh, to the gamers, and it's yeah, like it's this, cheap, it's, it's so feature weird. complete. 
like the only thing I can really knock it for is iCloud and the fact I mean no cloud saves and the fact that they kind of shoehorned multi Yeah, I mean, I mean the online few... could definitely be improved and it's they forgivable because it's support. Oh yeah. Um they say it just fixes system issues. So okay. hopefully Well we'll try it out. Yeah. Hey, are you going to get Monster Hunter 4 Ultimate? Me? No, yeah. I don't have a 3DS. Oh. But um if this I game will were be. to Man, you know what I think though is I, I'm excited for next year when or like maybe like early next year when Monster Hunter 3 Ultimate comes out on iOS and then the year after that when uh, Monster Hunter 4 comes out. I don't know. Playing the old Monster Hunter here, it's so limiting with the online. I, I would hate to go back again and then after playing 4, go back and play Monster Hunter 3, which I already own on both Wii U and 3DS. Do you have a Wii U? I don't U? mind being a... Mm-hmm. You do? Well, why, oh, I was why, saying, I don't mind going behind. Wait, 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 back. wait, wait. Do you have a Wii U? No, I do not. Ah. See, if you had a Wii you U, said you, you could did. Get, you could get Monster Hunter 3 Ultimate, and then we could play that instead. I misunderstood what Proper lobbies. <laughs> oh. Um, I think this, did, this has done really well, both critically and financially, for Capcom. It's probably the best thing they've released all quarter in terms of sales. <laughs> Both in Japan and the United States, they have they're getting great reviews in the App Store, good reviews from critics, and it's I think the only series they do well with anymore, isn't it? And it's great though. I mean, p- gamers always say, "I want serious games on mobile," but they don't pony up the cash. So for once, people are actually putting their money where their mouth is. And yes, I mean, Monster Hunter is an acquired taste. Let me put it this way: I've I've never really cared about Monster Hunter or spent much time with it or even paid it much mind, but. I put in a lot of time with this game. I'm having a lot of fun. And I would I would love to see more of this here on a platform I actually own. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, if they've sold that, if they've done, if it's this much of a success financially, critically, they're going to keep going. Of course. Yeah, absolutely. So I look forward to seeing what improvements they bring in the future. Because there's definitely a lot of room to make this even better. So we'll see. Yeah. So there's my Monster Hunter report. Well done. It's, it's super, super exciting that they got that control scheme so well down. I mean, it's high praise when you say that it actually controls better than a standard portable setup. Uh, I think well, it does, the PSP yeah. though, not like not yeah. a Vita. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> so keep that in mind. <laughs> um, and yeah. Monster Hunter's always had this annoying thing where you have to hold down Y and hit L and R to scroll yeah. for the items, and this gets rid of that. And I think just that feels so much better. <laughs> You know, it's funny. Even when I was playing with a controller, it still felt kind of clunky. Like, oh, man, this is definitely a Monster Hunter game. All right. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what's up with that. Look, I'm, I'm just surprised, though. It's it's very forward thinking of Capcom in general because they just released uh, – they just – like yesterday on Thursday or Friday, was it? Uh, I'm trying to remember the name. The, the You know, the 3D professor – not professor – He's a lawyer, and he yells objection. Perfect. Uh, Phoenix Wright. <laughs> there you go. Wow. He's a lawyer, and he yells objection. Oh, why? Dude. Wow. At the I don't same like. Time, I said, these are the kind of games I play. We all know who he's talking about when he says that. Yeah. That's that's what's kind of scary too. All right. He's a yeah. lawyer. So he Phoenix yells Wright. Um, Dual Destinies is out on iOS now as well in the West. Objection. Yeah, and that's also a Capcom game that they chopped up into a bunch of little parts they're selling each individual part yeah, you no, like pay no, 15 you bucks have, and get the whole yeah, thing you don't have to buy it that way yeah. yeah in fact it's cheaper not to buy it that way yeah. and there's also like some extra stuff like costumes that you can purchase yeah that was bubble. in the 3ds yeah version. that was in the yeah that was in the I original know. one too so i'm just saying though that 
there's there are ways they could have done this where it could have been like, oh, come on. Well, they wouldn't have gotten anywhere. They know Monster Hunter in the West is such a hard thing to get people to buy to begin with that they they can't they can't uh, nickel and dime. They have to make it. That's why they don't charge for online here. In Japan, you have to pay to play online for Monster Hunter. That would never fly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> But, you know, I think they're doing pretty – I think they're bringing in a lot of new people. I mean, between the reviews on, like, big popular sites like Touch Arcade and the prominent Apple placement. Um, I was going to bring this up in news, but there's a – you know how they have those app collections on the App Store? One of them is called, like, Great Role Playing Games. They recently updated it with uh, Dragon Quest VIII and uh, – uh, oh, and Monster Hunter. So right in the top, you can go to this collection of these great role playing games and Monster Hunters feature there prominently among Knights of the Old Republic and, like, Final Fantasy Tactics. So, my, I mean, that's all you need, right? Visibility put in front of people's faces. Twenty million users. Nope. Yeah, for sure. That's right. All of us can be uh, rich. Just put out an iPhone game. Let's do it. Hey, it worked for Kim Kardashian. <laughs> well, that's a port of an already good game. Yeah. <laughs> so that I mean, helps. all they did was add Kim Kardashian to an existing game. Well, and, and an existing was- game that had two. Well, there was a celebrity trendsetters and then celebrity the A list, right? Yeah. Or something like that. Starstruck. Yeah. yeah. I forget the name so of the I game. So I played, I think, A list. And it wasn't okay. a bad game. It was actually a good game. It was vapid. It was clear who the audience that they were shooting at was. They knew who it was. They did a good job at shooting at that audience, which meant it wasn't really a game for me. Ah. I hear she's making like seven hundred thousand dollars a day. I doubt that. Yeah, seven million for this year. When people what... when people make those that that funny math, you know they're they're just way off. They have to be ignoring things, but whatever. Oh, There's a lot of figures about what she might make this year, but mm-hmm. it's all she has to trend. Like she needs this money. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe she does. I don't know. Hey. Well. <laughs> Woman's got to buy stuff. Well, you know what we need to do? We need to talk about feedback. Feedback! Hey, right. here we have a phone call. We do, but that'll be last. So I will first, say this, though. Yeah? If you want to play with us, I mean, I'm sure we'll continue yes. with this. Just yeah. drop us a line on Twitter, and we'll we'll arrange something. Yes. <laughs> I am Sabin1001 on Twitter. I am at Merino E-M, M-E-R-I-N-O-E-M. Yeah. I, would, I would give you our games that are names, but it doesn't matter in yeah. this game. Because it, games no that are pairing doesn't happen. Yeah. yeah, so. Like I said, there's a lot of room for improvement, but this is a great first start for the franchise on mobile. And hopefully it'll come to Android so all of our friends can play. All right. End of report. <laughs> Sounds good. Go read more impressions at rpgamer.com where Manny's thing went up this week. Tiggs Panther wrote in and says, I think I can shed a little bit of light on the confusion regarding various Megaten-related books. Digital Devil Story Megami Tensei is the original novel or two that the, the very early Megami Tensei games were based on. The Shin Megami Tensei games took the basic concept and ran with it. The SMT series has various spin-offs, including Persona and Digital Devil Saga 1 and 2, which Manny was on the backtrack panel for. These games had the Avatar Tuner subtitle in Japan, and the basic story was written by Yugo Dai, who left due to health issues, and it was completely in-house by Atlas. The Quantum Devil Saga Avatar Tuner books are written by Yugo Dai and explore the world of the games, but also diverge. I can only assume that the divergence would be in line to what the original story would have taken. That's cool to know. 
All right. And Strawberry Eggs writes in says more on that. Um, the Megami Tensei franchise started as a series of three short novels. Digital Devil Story, Megami Tensei, Digital Devil Story 2, Warriors of the Demon Cry, and Digital Devil Story 3, Demise of the Re-ar- Reincarnation. Wow, that's quite Japanese. Demise of the Reincarnation. As far as I know, only the first two novels have fan translations. There would be a later new Digital Devil Story series by the same author, but there is very little info on these books. The first Mega Ten video... I think we just heard about that earlier. Um, the first Mega Ten video game, also called Devil's, Digital Devil Story, Megami Tensei for the Famicom, picks up after the events of the second novel, apparently ignoring the third. Only three other games would have the regular Megami Tensei title without the Shin that we in the West are more familiar with. Digital Devil Story, Megami Tensei 2, Megami Tensei Gaiden, Last Bible, known here as Revelations, the Demon Slayer, and Kyoyaku Megami Tensei, a remake of Megami Tensei 1 and 2 for the Super Famicom. So there you go. There's so many Megaton things. <sighs> Whatever. Uh, let's see. Shoyab says, with the increase in digital games, I am finding discovery of new games to be more and more of a challenge. I used to think Microsoft and Steam did a good job, but over recent years, it's gotten more and more difficult to keep track of games on their stores. The App Store iOS uh, for iOS, Google Play and PSN, they're all a lottery, verging on terrible. There are several game reviewers who reflect my taste, and I also use friend suggestions to help me pick my games, but I feel like the platform holders themselves could do significantly more. Any suggestions on the best way to discover games on these storefronts, and what more could the platform holders do? Um, I take... I agree they could be doing better, but I, I don't think it's as grim as you say it is. Did he, did he say Steam in that list? Yeah. Oh, Steam is getting terrible. Microsoft <laughs> and Steam really- were good, and now they're bad, he says. And the other ones were all bad and are still bad. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, we were just talking about this before the podcasting. Steam, uh, Steam's interface, especially when you're using the client as opposed to a, a standard web browser, can be very interesting. Uh, personally, what I do, dude, is when I see games either from reviews or from friends that I like, I add them to my wish list. And whenever there's a sale, it is just takes way too long to go through the – they put like 500 things on sale. Most of it's crap or I already own. That to me is just way too time-consuming uh, you know, to go through all of that and try to open a new tabs. It's, it's a lot of headache. You're right. But, but by keeping a wish list, I can go to that wish list, instantly see which games are you know, on that sale, uh, and then I can decide whether or not I want to purchase those. Um. Uh, uh, I'll touch the App Store next, but I think the problem with Steam lately is that a lot of people are just dumping their mobile ports or their back catalogs all at once, right? I, I heard stories where people will launch their game that day, and by the by the you know by the afternoon they've been buried like by like two hundred slots of new releases. Oh, wow, that's crazy. It's just people are just dumping as much of their back catalog or their cheap mobile port as quickly as possible onto the store. So. I get that. I mean, it used to be a small little place where you, oh, the new big release from EA or you name it is here. And now it's definitely not that. Yeah, you know, and I gave up trying to look through the what's new. I mean, there's a what's new section and no, you're right. Things get buried so fast. It's just, yeah, uh, I'm with our friend here. I pretty much just keep an eye on my favorite reviewers, my favorite websites and word of mouth. And if I don't hear it through one of those channels... Unless it, it – like sometimes Steam will put like some of the bigger games on their front page or on that pop-up that happens when you first log in. And sometimes I'll see something there that catches my eye and go check the reviews real fast. But you know, like you do for the most part, I just look to hear from my friends and stuff. And then if I hear, you know, if I hear something I like, I go and slap it on my wish list and wait for it to hit a Steam sale. And yeah, I wonder like how much of that of the list now is just like early access stuff too. 
<laughs> that's the problem. Oh, like a lot of it's oh, not even. Man. Oh wow! Yeah, that's uh, yeah. And that early access stuff I mean, is a little side, but the early access of where they actually charge you more to beta test their stuff ahead of time. Yeah. Yeah. Only Don't very few people. people. <laughs> Derek's Mark can do that though. Um, <laughs> that's a burn at me because I was about to counter that. Ooh. I mean, no, I don't think I would personally pay for early access, but honestly, I know people that do because at least the people that are charging more for early access are giving you a bunch of stuff. Ugh. Um, Google Play is still pretty bad. It's, I don't think it's ever been that good. Agreed. I don't have access to it, so I couldn't tell. I I agree. I've given up on Google Play. If I'm looking for something specific, of course, someone's told me something, then sure, no problem. But you're right, trying to keep up with it normally, yeah. I will say the App Store has gotten much better. I don't think it's perfect, but I think it's gotten much better in in like the last year and a half or so. And it's Mm -hmm. due in large part to uh, their editorial team. And they'll have these badges they'll put on games that they really like called like Editor's Choice. And usually the Editor's Choice game is something – Worth worth the attention of someone like us, you know. Like uh, for example, Phoenix Wright is the latest editor's choice thing, and as soon as you open the App Store on either your phone, iPad, or iTunes, you see Phoenix Wright featured front and center, and the App Store is the first thing you see. And they always have like a list right underneath that best new games, and like this, like and they actually the editorial team is kind of in the know. It's shocking they do okay. how in the know they yeah. actually are. Yeah. Huh? They do okay. Um, I- they feature games that deserve that I never thought would get their kind of attention, to, but definitely deserve it. Like uh, the Shenandoah games I talked about last time I was on. Oh, yeah. So, And they added a new feature called Best New Updates. So a game can get a second chance to shine if they've recently added a bunch of stuff. So, for example, Oceanhorn yeah, just got its except, game update. You know what? Except Clash of Clans was in that list, so I take issue with it. It's much better than it was before, where a game yeah. like Oceanhorn, no one would know at all that it got a brand new Game of the Year edition. Game of the Year update. edition, yep. Yeah, Oceanhorn. Hey, let's just plug that right now. Go get Oceanhorn if you like Zelda games. Um, I'll, I was going to say this for the news, but yeah, the uh, they for the Game of the Year edition, they added a brand new island, which add about like four hours of content or more, and they've added fishing. So you can start fishing anywhere in the world. And as if you know, that's a big deal because this game is like Wind Waker. <laughs> so there's a lot of ocean and a lot of places to go, water. go fishing. <laughs> and they have like Game Center, uh, like, like so they say Chris and I had it. We can compete to see who can catch like the biggest trout. I have it. I'm gonna pick I it just up. Don't soon. play it. <laughs> but I so should. they're doing better. Like the editorial team is actually making, and I know with uh, the release of iOS 8 and uh, Yosemite, they're gonna do more. Like there's gonna be an entire section of the store that compiles every editor's choice and like big mentions. And they do have those collections. Like I just mentioned, is uh, the great role playing games collection. A lot of those games in there are games I would actually recommend to people. Just right off the bat, like uh, Knights of the Old Republic, several Final Fantasies, some Dragon Quests, some more obscure indie RPGs. It, it, hmm. They even threw FTL in there. I don't, I don't know if it's an RPG, but it definitely deserves some recognition. They're doing better. I, I, you're right. They can. There's a lot they can do to make it better, but at least that's what you need, though, as a strong editorial team. So Google Play, Steam, get an editorial team in there. Mm-hmm. Highlight the real stuff that matters. Make it an entire section of like games that you actually care about right here. Amen, brother. Preach it. Yeah, but then uh, that still doesn't help new games to get noticed. No, it doesn't. But All right. Let's see. The, I, I will say oh, a wow, website you can track is uh, Pocket Tactics. That's one of the few mobile-focused sites that's actually for gamers by gamers as opposed to like, you know, they're not going to be reviewing the latest free-to-play game and raving about it or the latest like browser whatever. So 
that's one that I use personally, and they they do a pretty good job keeping me abreast of uh, new stuff. So I'm in the great role-playing games collection, and things in here include Battleheart Legacy, Micromon, which is that 99-cent Pokemon ripoff, and then Final Fantasy VI. Um, but I should be fair. Other things in here include Monster Hunter Freedom Unite, which you heard us go on and on about, Oceanhorn, FTL is a role-playing game, apparently. Um, I don't think they have a roguelike section, so they just do it. <laughs> But it's all it's all over the you know Puzzle and Dragons is in here and Monster Hunter is in here. So I you think got, they want to re- recognize that a lot Gate of their too. audience are casual free to play gamers, so they throw that in there too. But they realize like some of them are hardcore. It's, it's a decent mix. You no, know? it is. It yeah, is. You'll and find I mean some they do have to keep in mind that not everybody looking in that list is going to be a hardcore gamer like we all are. It would just be nice to actually have a list of traditional you know RBGs. And they don't have that really. They I think have they this. have a JRPG list. Do they? Oh, they might. I think so. And they have like, they have a bunch of collections, like uh, best multiplayer or like best wait best turn based multiplayer games, best board games, it. best. The they one have... I do like is the card battle game list. That's all fun stuff. They like they're all you know card battle games, and they're not like the crappy ones. They're like real ones, like Hearthstone, Magic, and um, Card City. Imagine Knights. if. Imagine if Steam did that, like just like a, a list or a collection, like here's what Gabe is playing or here's Gabe's favorite games on Steam right now. Hmm. And just have this, like a rotating thing. It of would what... just be Dota 2, wouldn't it? <laughs> wouldn't, I guess you're right. Be very good. But could you imagine though, if like maybe you can get like a few developers? You know what they've been doing recently on the App Store that I, I've no. been I, I praise all the time when they do this is they get indie devs and they focus like say they'll. They'll have an indie dev spotlight, and they'll put a spotlight on a particular independent developer, say like the guys who made threes. But it's not just like, oh, hey, here's the guys who made threes. We're sorry your game got ripped off. Here's some attention. What they do is actually they kind of pay it forward to other indie developers because at the bottom it says this developer's favorite indie games. And then they'll have, and then that dev gets to pick all of his favorite indie games. And then in the future, the next one of those guys on the bottom gets picked, and then he picks his next like list of favorite indie games. Is that what they do, you said? Or is yeah. that an idea? No, they're doing that right now. On the App Store? Yeah. Where, it's where do uh, I find It's Indie this? Dev Spotlight. Okay. Indie, where is the Indie Dev Spotlight? It should be in the game section. All right. Games. Um, okay. Uh, Jason Hall. Editor's Choice. Browse by category. Game. Here's a, ah! Ah! There it is. Indie Game Showcase. Excuse me. It's um in the Games Collections section. Oh, it's in a collection. Okay. Yes. So the indie game showcase, they rotate this out every single week, and they'll uh, they'll be like they'll they'll folk, they'll uh, highlight an indie games developer. I think they did like me close studios once. The guys did it out there, and they featured his game, and then he got to pick all of his favorite games from his friends. So it's a nice like rotating collection and highlighting like smaller titles that might not get the big recognition on the front page otherwise. So I go to. Just walk me through this, because I'm sure people at home are going to want to find this. So you all go right, right. to the App Store. Go to the game section. I click games, and it brings up a list. All games? Scroll down. Scroll Yeah, on games. All games. Okay. Now scroll, scroll down. down a bit. Indie Game Showcase featuring Smash It. Okay. Yeah. And Got he it. sees his favorite games. And he, he has Limbo out there, Another World 20th Anniversary, Year nice. Walk, The Room. Cool. Thomas Was Alone. There's ways to do this, and I'm glad that Apple's trying. I really want to see, like, I would love to have them have bring in a developer every week, or uh, like, for example, they have Supergiant Games, their favorite games, and they they highlight. Because honestly, you know, when you have this many titles and these many new releases, there's no good way to handle it. 
Like the way it was handled in the past is having very few releases and quality control of what gets on the store and you release a little bit every week and so everything gets spotlighted. We can't do that anymore. So we need new ideas like this. So this is cool. Yeah. You need, like a, you need a strong editorial department. People whose jobs are to like read Pocket Tactics or Touch Arcade or IGN and – or yeah, I, I want to see that on the store. I would this is love why to I miss see- App Slappy. It was a good show for this and they just gave up on it thinking that there was no use for them anymore because the – you know, there's so many things coming out in the store. Like, seriously, guys? <sighs> now there are. It doesn't matter. They could have just... The, the the time, because of that, the time for them is more than ever. It's like, we need people like that. Just I, I trying wonder, stuff and though, telling us what's good. I do wonder how many people, like, how many people just open up Steam and go, oh, I'm going to look for a game to play, and just randomly... <laughs> roll the die? Roll. Yeah, I wonder, because I feel like... As people, PC gamers a little bit more, are more savvy than most people, uh, or more tech people, and I think they kind of know what they want or the genres they like. I don't know. Maybe I'm giving them too much credit. <laughs> Not really. Hmm. Anyway, there's my long tirade. That said, go download Phoenix Wright Dual Destinies and play the first case. It's awesome. Next letter. From Saka, Sakura High. Oh, did you say Sakurai's writing in? Yeah, Sakurai. Yeah, he's Tell uh, me more about, trolling uh... us about uh, Smash Brothers. Just want to drop you a message saying how much I love the podcast. Well, thank you. Been listening since the early 100s, and I went back and listened to the f- episodes before that just because. Oh, I'll admit no. I've been a little spotty listening when life gets hectic, but I always come back in the end. Here's hoping for many more episodes. Keep up the good work. Yay, um, thank I want to let know, you know how awesome you are for my productivity. I've recently taken up bead weaving and jewelry making and unfortunately my short attention span was making it hard to finish anything without stopping a million times then i started to listen to y'all while i worked perfect for keeping my brain engaged while my hands were busy oh but i had a question do you have any recommendations for more podcasts to listen to i listen mostly to y'all sword and laser and occasionally bronyville what's bronyville is that a my little pony podcast I would hope, hope so. so. I couldn't I imagine so. it being like a BBC. Because that's a great <laughs> name for it. i got to figure out what that is. Um, Bronyville, I'm open to just about any kind of podcast. There's just so many out there. I'm not sure where to start. All right. My recommendation is go look at Frog Pants Studios. They have what? A- no, no. What? You are terrible. You're like the bellman working in my hotel that when a guest comes up and says, what restaurant should I eat in? He tells them to go eat at some fancy place downtown instead of pointing out the wonderful restaurant we have right there in our own hotel. Yeah, I, wanna, get, I, I want go, them to go. eat someplace good. Go eat, go listen to RPG Backtrack. Hey. We talk about RPG from the way back when right up through yesteryear. So, yeah, Mike, Minky, I, and rotating cast members from RP Gamer, we talk about your favorite computer and console RPGs from the previous generations. Phil, Phil, and we have a lot of fun doing it. Will this make you happy? You know, we have a great selection within the RPG family, the RP Gamer family, including Backtrack, uh, that new one. That the Active three guys are on. Banner. That new one. <laughs> what? <laughs> that new one. A- Active topical banner. Uh, the dialogue trees, which only gets updated when I actually go visit people in person, so that's not very often. <laughs> um, those those three. Those three. There you go. <laughs> so anyway, Frog Pants Studios has a, a wonderful collection of podcasts ranging from a morning show, which is fantastic that you can get into and have something to listen to every day, to Blizzard podcasts, to gaming podcasts, to um, I don't know, all sorts of stuff. So I, if you want a one-stop shop to have something different and lots of stuff to try and see uh, if you like it, 
that should work. And because of what you want to do, which is just tune out and uh, just have something to listen to while your hands are working, um, Scott Johnson's voice works very well for that. So that said, um, listen to all our shows as well, and especially Phil's shows, and rate them five stars on iTunes and send them $100 checks in the mail. All right, is that good? No. Um, Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, good. (laughs) A couple recommendations for people who don't want, you know, just a quick non-gaming thing if you want to broaden your horizon. Uh, First one is uh, NPR's Planet Money. It's a very, uh, you know, very accessible economics podcast. You would think, oh, that's boring. But they actually have some really interesting human kind of interest stories and they kind of relate the basics of economics, supply and demand in a very easy, relatable way in these fun little story bits. And it's always educational and interesting. It's a little basic if you have an economics degree, but otherwise it's a great way to just learn a little bit about the world and how it works in a fun way. So I recommend that NPR Planet Money. Uh, second one is Dan Carlin's Hardcore History. Now, if you just want like a free audiobook, just like here's seven hours about Genghis Khan and his descendants and what they did to all of Asia and Europe. There, there you go. And he's, Dan Carlin's got a great voice and he's really in-depth and he has this really kind of sort of like – no, just got, he's got – it's pretty good. A lot of good interesting points. Uh, I think the ones he's doing right now are, are a series on World War One. And he has a good back catalog that you can go through. That's like, I don't know, tens of hours of podcasts available there. Really in-depth. You'll walk away having learned something. And finally, just for something crazy and fun, there's a new podcast going around that people are really into called The X-Files Files. If you're an X-Files fan uh, or just want to get into the franchise now that it's streaming on Amazon Instant and Netflix, uh, Kumal oh, – I forget his last name, but he's on – the HBO show Silicon Valley. Do they tell you which episodes to skip? Yeah, he does actually. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> so he, he's going through. So this recently started, like maybe like a month or two ago, and they're going through almost every single X Files episode, and they're discussing it, and they're bringing on special guests. Like they brought in one of the lone gunmen recently to talk oh. about the episodes he was on. Cool. So, so he's just going through each episode. They're discussing it. Lots of celebrity guests because he's a celebrity himself. So he has a lot. Of, he knows a lot of famous people, and they come in to talk about it. Uh, so there you go. Those are some three non-gaming choices to just keep you busy for hours on end. Two more gaming choices for you. The Giant Bombcast, of course. Um, I think Manny and I both listen to that and enjoy it. Um, and 8 Play because they talk about all sorts of Japanese game stuff. Very um, Japanese. It, it's just yeah. a, it's a perspective you don't get in other American podcasts. And then a comedy one that you have to go to the back archives for because they're not making new episodes for it. But You Look Nice Today um, with Merlin Mann oh. and a couple other guys. It's wonderful. Chris, are you listening to Back to Work? No, what's Back to Work? Are you joking? It's it's completely replacing You Look Nice Today. Oh, is it? It's um it's Merlin Mann and um I forget the guy who's with him. I Dan Benjamin, it says on this web here. It's really good. It start from episode one. It's like I all the do. fun stories you like about Merlin Mann, all the fun stuff that he has to say, plus some really motivational, interesting topics about getting to work, about motivation, about work work-life balance all that stuff and it's actually well, really but, but you look nice today is a is a is an improv podcast this sounds like it's an actual productivity podcast um maybe half of it okay <laughs> <laughs> but even so, when he does get to the productivity stuff it, it, it rolls in so naturally that it just sounds like a guy making a really interesting observation about something that you've taken for granted your whole life and you're mm-hmm. like oh wow i never thought of it that way mm-hmm yeah, Back to Work is legitimately funny, but also interesting and sort of – it gets lights a fire under you sometimes. Cool. Sometimes you just need to hear a guy tell you in very plain English, oh, you're right. I do need to say no more often. Huh. 
to start <laughs> listening to this Bronyville podcast apparently too. So, so there you go. Yeah. Tons of podcast choices. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. Maybe they should do that on the App Store or like on iTunes and the Zoom Ooh. Play Store. Yeah. They, they get a feature. RPG, RPG Cast's favorite podcasts. <laughs> All right. Michael writes in says, Hello, RPG Cast. I'm looking forward to playing Hyrule Warriors next month. But there's one problem. I've not played Twilight Princess or Skyward Sword. Should I play them before Hyrule Warriors? No. Is it worth no. buying a week? Okay. I yeah, I don't think so either. I don't think those are going to be requirements. I don't anticipate Hyrule Warriors story necessitating some sort of intimate familiarity with those games. Um yeah, maybe you won't get a couple of the jokes around the characters from those games, but who cares? Spoilers. Uh, it, the Zelda story is pretty much all the same all the time. <laughs> Dang, um, Nabbit. Man, you just blew all the ones I haven't played. Thanks a lot. No, Literally um, the same it was something that came up in an interview either at uh, E3 or shortly after. Is Someone asked, it's like, if you haven't played recent Zelda games, can you still play Hyrule Warriors? And they did, were like, did, yeah. Did Nemo start laughing at his face? Yes, basically. Uh, <laughs> is it worth buying a Wii Motion Plus and tolerating the Jaggy upscaling in order to play them? What no, would don't like to hear your thoughts on this. Um, also, what does Quinn think of Xenoblade Chronicles X? I think Quinn has disappeared from the podcast. You know what's no, funny? No, I'm still oh, here. Hi. All right. He hasn't spoken in just, an you hour. Just went off on, you just went off on like an hour-long discussion of stuff that I had next to no interest like in. Like Monster Hunter? Yeah, because I'd <laughs> never podcast? been interested in Monster What do you think Monster of Xenoblade Hunter? Chronicles X? Um, I am somewhat expecting the same thing that happened to Xenogears happened to it. What's that? As in... Uh, a kind of relatively coherent JRPG with giant robots in that disappears up its own rectum on disc two. But oh, okay. Which did, is basically what Xenoblade. Did Xenogears you play Xenoblade Chronicles? No, I never had a Wii. Oh, okay, right. So I think Quinn might be the wrong person to ask. Okay, Sakura High also hey, points hey, out no, I'm I'm not, I missed. I mean, a, I, yeah. Hey, if I get a Wii U, right. I will probably right. still buy it. All right. All right, but, good. That involves buying the console. Yes. Yes, then you can play Monster Hunter with us. All right. Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> um, Sakura, point out, I missed a paragraph. On another note, this is back to Sakura Hai's letter. Sakura Hai. Uh, Sakura Hai. I was wondering you if you guys the- could help me with a little problem. I've been wanting to try playing an MMORPG. I've never played one before, and I'm not sure which uh, of any are good. I have oh, no money for subscription fees, and I'm looking for something beginner-friendly. I don't oh. know. I'm horribly indecisive, and I'm nervous about trying to find people to play with. For example, I downloaded Rift, but I've yet to make a character because I can't decide which class or build to play. Um, ah, this is going to end badly, but I really love listening to people talk about playing MMOs, and I want to play so bad. I'm just, I'm nervous. All right. So they're indecisive, so we, he, we can't give Sakura a lot of choices. They don't want to pay subscription fees, and they need to know one that's friendly for beginners. So what do we point them at? Arigato, hey. Um, <laughs> sorry. You guys ever watch that? The, uh, the, the, the bee in apartment, whatever, whatever. No. They have like the Tinder app or something. Arigato, hey. Google that. Uh, it's a great okay. little clock. Anyway. Um, wait, wait, wait. Phil's, I, uh, let's fill, let Phil jump in here. He's all right, got go a, for it, Phil. He sounds See, I'm not the free. I'm not the free MMO expert. The few that I've tried, uh, I've been under impressed um, and go back to my paid subscription models. But uh, there is one that comes to mind that I liked that doesn't have a subscription, but it does have a price, and that's Guild Wars 2. Um, very beautiful, very fun. It's it's a good mix of some of the you know old MMO mechanics that have kind of not aged so great, but but mixing that with a more action 
you know, the, the fighting and stuff is a little faster. You get to jump around. You get to move around a bit. And where you're actually at is important, more important than other uh, games. Uh, very beautiful. It, um, I believe it seemed kind of easy to jump in. But then again, I've been playing, you know, MMO since World of Warcraft. So maybe I just brought some of that with me. Um, but uh, the community seemed friendly enough. And um, it's a very pretty game. Um, I, I st- in fact, I just loaded it up to, to download some of the new content. And it was, you know, pretty easy and fun to jump back into. But that's just my opinion. Um, but it's a good choice. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying it's not a good choice. It's just that if they don't want to commit, and I don't, are they willing to spend like the forty to sixty dollars to buy that to begin with? Well, they just said they didn't want a subscription model, and I can understand yeah. the whole "I don't want to pay fifteen dollars a month" deal. Sure. Uh, I don't know some sort of trial or anything on on Guild what Wars. What about 2. Oh. the Old Republic? That's completely free to play now, and it's fairly uh... modern. Nickel and uh, nickel and dimes it? people too hard. Oh, That's yeah. did you see no, the story? No, they, a million people are playing a month. Yeah, they have a lot of people playing. But the yep. problem is, is that it is really nickel and dimey for a free to play. You're gonna want like something. So here's the problem: all these free to plays. There's a number of options that are good, but people aren't playing them that you know. And it's so good to have like friends that you know in an MMO. It like changes the experience so dramatically. That it's really hard to give you recommendation as a new player getting in because the probably, most important is probably, thing is having oh, friends. Which is hey, probably hey. the reason why Final Fantasy XIV has uh, been very successful for those of us who've played it because yeah. we put together the free company and everyone can, you know. The, if you were willing to pay, that is my number one recommendation is to jump into fourteen with the RPG folks or RPG gamers. Uh, folks. Yeah, oh, absolutely. If you can, if you can do the monthly fee, we're having a good time in fourteen. The, the people in our guild are just outstandingly awesome. The people in the world are really nice. Um, I've been having, I mean, as far as just you know, get, having a good environment to play in, which is huge. Um, jumping into an MO with a caustic environment is not fun. Uh, but anyways, I just noted that uh, Guild Wars Two is actually on sale this week. Ooh. It looks like it's going through the twenty fourth. It's half price, regularly fifty dollars. It is now twenty four ninety nine. So twenty four ninety nine, no subscription fee. Now it does have uh, microtransactions, but they are pretty ignorable. Yeah. Um, unlike other. You know, games that are straight up free to play, where they're a lot more intrusive. Here, you don't feel limited. You're going to get all that content. Um, they do have like episodes that they're releasing on a regular basis that you have to log in to get for free. If you don't log in, like let's say you jump in now this this late and you want to play some of that later content, you might have to microtransaction or sell things on the auction house to earn the gems or some kind of bull crap like that. Um, um Phil, is there a limit yeah. to how many character slots you have? Because if you're if for someone who's in the size they might want to build a bunch of different characters, right? Yeah, there's a there's a I believe I have a limit of like five, but there's only like five or six classes anyway. And I'm like that, by the way, dude. I'm like the altaholic, and that's one of the things I love about 14. By the way, is you can actually on 14 you can switch classes very easily on your one character, and that is huge because whatever quest you've done, whatever items you've saved, whatever gill you saved is in other MMOs, you have to keep kind of transferring between. 
between characters. There's some MMOs out there that if you have multiple characters, there's almost no way to share uh, your resources between all your various characters. And plus, like in World of Warcraft, for example, you have to level up a lot of things over and over again between, you know, if you're doing multiple alts like I do. But 14 is super awesome because it's all tied into one character. So if you're an altaholic who doesn't like to commit, there's another endorsement for 14. But if you're really trying to avoid the subscription fees, Guild Wars 2 does let you uh, do multiple uh, characters. Uh, it is limited on the slots, but you're pretty much, I think it's pretty much one for each class almost. You could also go with whatever free-to-play is the flavor of the month. Yeah. Arcade's about to launch, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Arcade is going to be the next one. Absolutely. Um, and everyone's going to jump in for a little while, mm-hmm. and that should be fine. Yeah. So I think, I, I and having played some Arcade, it's cool. I like it. So that would be a great one to try out as well. So. And someone's playing Persona. Thanks. Okay. Is that your ringtone? Uh, um, just out of a sudden, like, randomness, um, uh, does, anyone re- does anyone remember Tropico 4? Y- yeah. Yeah, it just showed up on Steam. The Tropico 4 Collector's Bundle for 29p. 99% off. <laughs> okay. That's weird. Let's see. Oh, yeah. I already own Tropico 4. 5 is the one I want to deal on. Yeah, no, unfortunately yeah, it's Tropico uh, 4, Steam Edition, 39 cents. Sadly, I already own it. Um, 39 cents. For the <laughs> Tropico <laughs> 4 Collector's Bundle. That's a mistake. Well, Add to cart. up right now. <laughs> Purchase for myself. <laughs> Tropico 4 is a really good game, though. Legit. Oh, holy holy cow, he's not kidding. It says negative nine, like 99%. It literally says 99% discount. Tropical 5 has a 33% discount. Listeners, goes, this will not be this. active by the time you hear the show. <laughs> so don't try and get it once you hear it this. It is 39 cents. It just I charged my card it. for 39 cents. <laughs> holy cow, that cost him more in transaction. Funnily enough, funnily enough, it has actually been up for almost an hour. Oh my gosh! Who Promotion wants a copy? I'm buying everyone's copies of Tropico Four. Oh my gosh! Yeah, you got to gift this stuff. Who doesn't own this yet? Right, You're getting Anna. Nice she can have a copy of Tropico. All Four. right, Anna, are you on my friends list? Holy cow! No, I'm already hilarious. giving it to her. You, you got to give it to someone uh, okay. else. Okay, got to give it to somebody else. Manny. Do they have Mac ports of this? No, oh, I, I just paid ten dollars recently for the for the Tropico Four Mac. <laughs> that stinks. <laughs> No, not really. I don't mind. Like, I, I like putting. I like supporting developers who actually support platforms that I care about. So I didn't mind kicking ten bucks to. Fair yeah, I'm trackers. the guy who always um, pays one dollar for the humble bundles and only gives it to the I charity. Just, I just bought the <laughs> wife's birthday present. <laughs> Is it Tropico Four? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she liked like one or two way back in the day. You know, thank it's goodness Tropical Four is actually a decent game. <laughs> She doesn't know it's on 39 cent sale, but she doesn't know, you know. Wow, this oh, that's is great. great. The Modern Times expansion is like $1.49, so oh. you're better off buying Lucifer. the collector's bundle. Lucifer gets it. Hi. Oh, thanks. Uh, I'm, I'm, uh, thanks for saying that, Manny. I got to go back and buy that one now. Lucifer yeah, you got to get the collector's bundle that includes – which if you <laughs> – which if you bought everything individually would cost eleven forty nine. That That is That is awesome. Else gets oh, this is terrible. Anyway. This is terrible. Yeah. And you heard it here on RPG Cast. You know, uh, are you going to be able to get this uploaded in 23 hours or less there? Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, so it will. It, yeah. If they, they hurry up and download and listen and get to this part of the podcast. Yeah, they, sure. They're absolutely. not going to. It, they're it not is going to. Going, I, within the hour, I bet it will be done. Um, uh, I know it's been up for an hour. These things never last more than like maybe three hours. Oh, Torgo over at PS Nation. Glenn. Hey, Glenn. 
39 cents. <laughs> Best wishes, <laughs> 39. <laughs> oh, I will say the darkness too. That was that was pretty decent. Like cell shaded, first person shooter. Anyone remembers that the darkness too? I, uh, I've heard of it. Yeah. Isn't the first one better? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sounds no. good. Wow, is that, that was pretty, is yeah. the darkness the one that you get to watch an entire movie with your girlfriend in it or something? That's the first one. Yeah. Yeah. The darkness too is just different. It's not necessarily better or worse. Well, I guess the mechanics are better, but anyway, it doesn't matter. Cheap games, yo. Cheap games that you will never play. Tropical. Sorry, I'm, you know I'm what? totally distracted Maybe it sending even Tropical 4 to everybody now. You know, um, I think that the, the Steam guys, they have so much data, they probably realize at some point it doesn't matter what we do. People will still buy games that they will never play, and they'll give us money no matter what. Who cares? Yeah, they, they've, got, they've got that part figured out. That's a scary thing. So maybe they don't even need to worry about like curation. They're just like, well, people buy whatever crap we put on sale anyway and, and never play it and give us the money. Who cares? I'll just send a copy to Cheap yeah. <laughs> You know, the way I look at it, I, and I know we could go down this rabbit hole too long and I, I don't want to do that. But, uh, you know, I do have you know I do have those conversations. People say, do you really play all those games? It's like, no, but no. I kind of view my game library as just that as a library. So if I get a hair up my nose, which does happen. Yeah, I've got I, hair I gotta, in my nose. I, I decided I want to play all the Dragon Warrior games in order. Well, you know what? Some of the ones that are a little bit harder to find, like, you know, seven and stuff, I've already got them all because I've been collecting and storing those things away for years. So, yeah, if I get a hair up my nostril, I want to play Tropico. Noodle <laughs> gets a copy of Tropico. Noodle gets a copy. Let's <laughs> all just hope, like, a meteor strike doesn't hit, like, the Valve campus. Everyone gets Tropico 4. Who else gets Tropico 4? Can you yeah. imagine? Hey. Everyone's entire, the entire World's PC Ooh. library will get I'm wiped I'm going to buy a couple of extra copies and put it in my gift account and give them away can on RPG that? Backtrack. You oh, can, absolutely. You can cash them for later? Oh, yeah, I do it all the time. I, didn't uh, I give them away on Backtrack. I do this all the Sorry, time. Sorry, we couldn't add your item. <laughs> Uh-oh, is it over? Is it over already? It may be over already, guys. Oh yeah, oh, it went back mind. up. Never mind. Did Never it go mind. back up? It's back no. up. It's okay. back up. All right. Okay, a dollar eighty-eight. If I want three and oh, four, Ed gets so. a copy. Hi, Ed. This was so. Uh, have I derailed the podcast hard enough yet? Pretty darn hard, and I love every minute here, of it. I'm oh, you get a tropical four. You get a tropical four. <laughs> you get a tropical four. Everyone gets tropical four. <laughs> The only problem is they don't let me buy multiple copies at once. Like each one has to be a separate transaction. There should be a way to like buy five copies and just stick them in my gift account. I, you know how many games I have in my gift account that I saw no. in these kind of sales? No, I don't. Oh, hey, let's give one away right now from my gift account. Let's take All right. a look. All right. Yeah, let's do yeah. it. You, here on, on RPG Cast, you two can win a copy of some Steam game that I bought. Manage gifts. Here we go. Come on. You can do it. All right, gifts. Not a, the inventory is not available. Oh, there it goes. It's loading. All right, boy, we got Michael we Tidwell got left gets one. Torchlight, uh, Left 4 Dead 2, Witchers. Let's do – ooh, Dead Island Epidemic. Well, that's Ugh. a popular one. Yeah, oh, there we go. Dead Island. Oh, Manny's I got Tropical 4 Collector's bundle. Who, Wait, they're sitting – who gave you Tropical 4 already? Who <laughs> gave me Tropical 4 already? Damn. <laughs> Everyone's giving <laughs> everyone Tropical 4. <laughs> oh, it's still there because uh, the per- Shirley hasn't redeemed it yet. That's why. So if she doesn't redeem it, it stays in my gift account, and oh, I can right. t- give it to somebody else if I so choose. 
so you know what? We're going to have one of my favorite games, Saints Row the Third. Saints Row the Third. So if you, uh, when you're listening to this podcast, if you'll just send a message to at JC Servant, J-C-S-E-R-V for Victor, A-N for Nancy, T for Tom. The first who does that says, I want Saints Row, Phil. On Twitter, we'll have this sent to them. Uh, make sure you include, I guess, your uh, email address so <laughs> uh, so I can um, actually email that uh, to you because I can send that gift through uh, email through Steam. So, Saints Row the Third, very fun game. My sister uh, gets Tropical Four. It's Tropical Four. It's our Who Gets Tropical. Is that what we're calling the podcast today? That's what that's, that's the name of this podcast. Who gets Tropical? Who gets Tropical Four? Tropical Four. Everybody, everybody is Tropical Four. <laughs> That's the name of this. But everybody gets tropical four. Oh my gosh! This I is, like this being is, Oprah. Oh, Quinn already has tropical so four. Rushed. I can't give it to him. Well, of course I do. Jeez, I, uh, I think I mentioned it on the podcast several months ago. Oh my gosh! Uh, you like being Oprah? Oh my gosh! I'm being Oprah too. Who else can I give this to? Because you're having to do each one of these as a separate purchase, right, Chris? Yeah. Saba Musin, my co-host, gets it. Saba, cool. I would take one in case one day I go to Windows. Do you one have day. Do you have an account? Do I have your Steam account? Yeah, here it oh, is, Chris. Uh, keep, it, keep it for later. Store this gift in the inventory to be sent later when you're checking out. Oh, okay. It's like a third option. Well, this is more fun. I want to send it to people. <laughs> yeah, well, absolutely. I'm just Tropical keeping... Four. Okay, so we have a show to do. So let's finish this show. 15 transactions on your credit card for 39 cents. It's going to be great. It's going to get shut down and I'll move to the it's next gonna card. Shut down. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get all my cards rejected for the weekend because of so many Tropical 4 purchases. Tropical In between course. waiting for the next... Okay, so Shaman wrote in a couple years ago with this and it's the time of year where we should be doing it. So um, here, here's how it goes. Dear RPG Cast, in between waiting for the next episode, I heard another podcast, which will remain nameless, propose a developer fantasy draft for an RPG. And I'm curious as to what you would do and what kind of game you'd make. The rules are the following. You've got an unlimited budget and access to any developer from any company. You're hiring four developers who will get front-of-the-box billing, even if it's the the from-the-writer-of type credit. The draft is in a snake format, meaning the person who draws first pick in the first round gets the eighth pick. Last person in round one goes first in round two, and so on. And uh, he proposed a draft order. It doesn't work right now because Michael's not on the show anymore. And then have fun and don't kill each other picking Shoji Maguro for your sound guy. Um, That's from Shaman. And I think that's something we should do, but we need to prepare for it, right? You know what? Call me crazy. I could swear we've done this already. No, we talked about doing it. We never did it. Okay, so this is not – because I know my memory is like – This has been sitting in my box for like years for us to actually finish up and do this. And we had never done it. So it's like we should do it. Hmm. Manny, what's your Steam name? I want to give you Tropical Four. Oh, I'm your buddy. We're friends. Look at your friends list. I'm on. I'm looking at. Is it Marino? Met, met the, no, it'd be Rising Suns with the All right. There you are. Manny gets Tropical Four. Hey, yay! Chris, Dad Jenna's benefactor. Do you know why we people wonder why do these people do these podcasts for the occasional time that Chris might spend thirty nine cents on us? That's why we wake up error. every morning. 
You guys are worth 39 cents. Hey, you know what? Just in case, you know what? I tell you what, I'm going I'm to give away a copy of Tropical 4. Just in case you've listened to this podcast too late, the sale is over, which is probably what's going to happen. Uh, and you've, you've suffered listening to us keep saying everyone goes Tropical 4, and you're like, but where's my Tropical 4? You know what? If you're the first person to send a message to at JCServant on Twitter and say, I want Tropical 4, I will send you a copy. Don't forget to include your email address. Somehow, like probably type yeah. it out, like Bob. Ad, not taking my card ads. anymore. I got to use a different card. <laughs> I, I'm using PayPal. I'm waiting for PayPal to lock me out. Uh, that is too funny, though. But yes, you can get a copy of Tropical Four. So uh, just uh, just shoot me off a Twitter message. What? And- so uh, do we have? Um, I don't know. Is there like some news or something that we should probably move on? Yeah, to? Tropical yeah, Four is on sale on Steam. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no one's going to listen to this. Oh, At least dude. they heard it. <laughs> I put in a new card, and it's not taking that either. It's shutting Ooh, me down. You're shutting I'm restarting Steam. All right. Uh, let's move on. Um, that, so that was the draft. Um, oh, we have a phone call. Let's go to our phone call. The lines are now open. Um, phone call. Anna, where are you? <laughs> My wife has left the room, and I don't know why. I think she's making lunch. No, she's just... She's, just, she's boycotting your. She's tropical. just that bored with the Tropical Four discussion. Uh oh! Right, so. Wait a minute. Tropical Four just went off the say. It just jumped up in my cart to five ninety nine. Aww. Ooh, it's this all is your over, fault, folks. though. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's just your fault because you bought like thirty in a row. Someone went like, "What's my, going on it's over my here?" My fault. <laughs> I bet you it's wherever. Still, man, wherever it's actually John still showing us. Uh, still showing us twenty nine p for me. Oh, there it goes. Oh, man, I may not have a copy to give somebody. I may have spoke too soon. I'm sorry, Manny. You don't get Tropico 4. <laughs> oh, it's okay. I already have the Mac version. Okay. <laughs> all right, let's move on. Let's get right, this thing right, done. Right. Boo, this sucks. <laughs> I'm disappointed. I want to give Tropico 4 to everybody. All right, so here's our phone call from um, from someone who will identify themselves in the call. Starting identify yourself, caller. Now. That didn't work. Hold on. <laughs> Identify yourself, caller. Don't. Oh, there we go. Oh, yeah. Whose bird is squeaking? Who has a bird? All I have are squirrels. Okay. All right. Starting now. Good morning. This is Kevin, the Seraphim Kitten, and I was calling to ask the RPG Pausecast how did everyone get involved with uh, RP Gamer? What brought you to the site, and what made you want to be a part of it? Okay. I look forward to hearing your responses. Um, I can answer for everyone really quickly. Poor yep. life choices. <laughs> Poor life choices. <laughs> That's funny. So wait, hang on. What, what brought us to RP Gamer? Yes. Um, Do I get to go I first? I remember on one of I'm the, the other... F- no, uh, John's other talking. F- Don't interrupt. Okay. One, of the other f- one of the other forums that I visited for a while... Um, that I registered with back in 2002. Uh, one of the people who um, reposted a lot of um, like news about JRPGs uh, mentioned that RP Gamer were hiring for new writers. And I was like, eh, why not? <laughs> I didn't actually know anyone on the site when I started. I sort of just came into it blind. I think I started doing the podcast like two weeks after I was hired. Yeah, because we were looking for people. Yeah, and so I'm just like, had, oh, uh, hey. You had the I necessary had... tools. Well, I, I had the necessary Britishness. I think that was how it worked. No, you had a microphone and you were free on Saturdays. 
that too. But I was also British. That counted for me. Sure, you can think that. That'll help. Dick. (laughs) (laughs) Anna, why did you join RP Gamer? Um, I started reading the site in 99, and I did pronunciations for the Q&A column, and then um, I got to hang out with the staff for a day, and Doug was like, you should apply to be a news writer. And I was like, okay. And I filled out the application, and he was like, okay, interview time. Do you want to work here? And I was like, yes. He's like, great, you're hired. The end. (laughs) Uh, I found the site way back in the days when I was looking for, you know, stuff to help me play Final Fantasy VI better, and I was going to sites like Illusia and stuff like that. Um, eventually, I stumbled on RP Gamer, got into the Q&A columns, Brad and Google Shang, stuff like that. Um, blah, 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 blah. I knew that RP Gamer was the site I wanted to be at for RPGs, so when Final Fantasy XI came out, I would hang out in the chat room there and started playing with the people, because um, I got in the Final Fantasy XI beta, and started playing with uh, Michael Tidwell, who was also in the beta. Um, became friends with him, and eventually decided to work at RP Gamer to be able to spend some more time with him. And uh, that's how I started. He the was site. like, "Wait, you program? Sweet, come work for no, us." No, not at all. I joined as a media person. I did I not do programming. <laughs> that's the best part. Is yeah. you joined as a media group. Yeah. <laughs> you were there for all of what? Two months? Uh, no, a little bit longer, and then okay. realized this is not going to work, so I need to start <laughs> doing programming. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I got in. Manny, what about you? Poor life choices. Poor life. He's sticking with that. He doesn't want to tell us the truth. <laughs> no, I just, what, was it 09 or something? 08? I don't remember. And what's his name? Ethan just left, right? Yeah. And there was a vacancy for the currents column. Yes. And I was like, okay, I need to start building a portfolio. And here I am like six years later. Yeah, that works. <laughs> <laughs> um, My turn. Yeah, what about you, uh, Phil? Uh, so similar to most of y'all, I was a big fan of RP Gamer. I, I go to a number of video game sites, but RP Gamer is really cool because it was very focused on, on RPGs and would talk about um, – you know about role-playing games that you came out a long time ago and stuff i mean they're really into the hobby that you know my heart was in um and i saw that there was uh, on one of the pages at one point they're like hey we're looking for for people to help write news and stuff so um yeah i i think that's when castamel was doing the hiring and and i put in my little application and started doing news articles eventually moved on to reviews where i got a very quick lesson in appreciation for our reviewers and the hell they go through uh, <laughs> they, they, they're just a thankless job it's just amazing some of the, the evil crap that i had to review um we talk about an rpg backtrack quite often and um uh did about 10 or so games when uh, there was a lot of talk about doing a new podcast um and so i talked with mac about it and he he pitched the idea for what now be, you know be, what became rpg backtrack so i've been doing that ever since um and just helping out here and there when i can with the site and writing stuff out and the such so um that's how i came to it a lot of fun and i didn't know like one of y'all just said i didn't really know anybody when i first came to the site nobody personally other than you know some of their names from the reviews and and uh and as such and I came on to a few early RPG casts as well. I have I have actually met a few people from the cast as well. Um, when hey. Sam uh, came to came, Sam came to London at one point, and that's where I also met Alex. 
And then um, I flew across to Canada where I met Becky, Sam again, and Anna. Yay. I didn't meet, I didn't meet Chris, though. Nope. Sorry, Chris. I've never met anyone from RP Gamer. Maybe one day I will. Liar. Such a liar. <laughs> Such a troll. I probably met, like, the most varied group of people from RP Gamer. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think you have. So I've met the Run to the Sun people, and I've met the E3 people, and I've met the You happen where all the action is. Or you live where all the action is, rather. Action. Mm -hmm. Yes, I do. It's hot, and we don't have any water. California. (laughs) (laughs) Well, at least it's not like Ohio, where you have poisoned water. Fair point. Sick burn. Take that, Ohio. Oh, in your face. (laughs) Nah, show them. All right, what are we talking about? <laughs> oh, uh, oh that, thank you for calling. All that feedback. Thank you, everybody, for answering my calls for feedback. If you'd like to keep contributing feedback, because it obviously helps the show be so much better, please send it to podcast at rpgamer.com for the letters. You can also send us an, e, uh, you know, an MPEG file or something, some audio to that email address, and I'll play it on the show. Um, you can email your YouTube videos like uh, Legendary Zoltan does, and then I can plug them on the show. Uh, you can also go to our message boards at board at rpgamer.com. Go to the latest updates section and you'll find the show thread, um, which will, should be entitled something about giving away Tropico 4 for free this week. <laughs> um, and finally, you can call us at 608-729-4098, 608-729-4098. If you're listening on double speed, let me slow that down for you. 608 729 Four zero nine eight. So that way it'll sound normal when you hear it. Um, and that's uh, that's how you join in with feedback on the show. Let's get into the news, folks. There's a lot of it, and we don't have much time left. So let's uh, let's start booking. First off, World of Warlord, World of Warlord, World of World Warcraft. of Warlords, World of Warcraft, the Chinese Warlords. knockoff of World of Warcraft. <laughs> Warlords of Draenor has a date now. November 13th, 2014. At the time that they announced this, they also show they've got like this giant cinematic series of like prequel movies to watch for the expansion that are like heavily animated in Blizzard CG, so it looks beautiful, of course. Showing yeah. um like Garrosh Hellscream going back and dealing with his dad, right? Yes. I think um, that's what's going on or something yep. like that. Or is this You can watch the first one, right? The opening cinematic now. That's available. Yeah. I mean, I think that's what's going on. I, I'm a little confused because the guy talks about what's happening in the past, and then they they go to the altered past. So I don't know what's what I'm really watching. So I you know what's interesting is um there was a because Blizzard's in Southern California they they rented out a theater and they show the opening cinematic like on a big screen. They had a few people come in. I think fans lined up for like hours to check it out. Or did I misunderstand that, Anna? Is that the past that we knew it in that video or the past um, that's, that's been changed? He, he alters it in that video because okay. normally his dad dies. That's oh. the end of Warcraft 3. Oh. His dad dies. Spoilers! But, but his dad doesn't drink the stuff even originally? Right. Okay. So that's... Okay. So the I don't remember what he ends up stopping. It was a little unclear. I'm well, not as versed in lore as uh, when he knocked him out of the way at the very end. Then, if that's what yeah, the, what I you're mean, I about. thought when he knocked him out of the way was when he saved him from dying instead of let it, Thrall letting him die. But 
it's at the point where he drinks the the blood, and we know he's drank the blood. I love the everyone who's listening who has no idea what we're talking about. I oh. don't know either. Just go watch the video, see if you can figure it out. Um, I like there's one guy listening, like, no, Anna, Thrall drinks the blood afterwards, and his proper name is Thrall. <laughs> well, because they're retconning at the same time, and it's so hard to keep up with what's going on. But go well, watch this video. You see them fighting Manoroth, and stuff happens, right? Is uh, it Manoroth, or is thing- it someone else? I don't know. There's a so big the big thing is they announced the collector's edition, right? Well, they had already announced most of this yeah. stuff about the collector's edition. But do we edition. get to see all the stuff for once? <clears throat> Here you go. We love to cover collector's editions. Here's <laughs> the ultimate Warlords of Draenor experience. Here's what you get. You get the behind-the-scenes DVD and Blu-ray two-disc set. You get the collector's edition soundtrack. You get the Art of Warlords of Draenor book. You get um, the PC Mac game. Um, and you get the Black Hand mouse pad. So it's pretty standard Warlord, uh, uh, excuse me, World of Warcraft um, expansion collection. Yeah, yeah, except what's all these discs for? Oh, game DVDs, of course, because people do that, right? Install game. Honestly, DVD. yeah, it's a it's like a thirty gig download. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you just let it do it. Uh, it's twenty gigs, but yeah. Anyway, so here's what you get in game, and this we've known for forever. You get the Dread Raven mount and the Dread Hatchling pet. Yes, that mount that Chris had to work years to get. You get a better version of it uh, for uh, free. Uh, <sighs> what? What? Are you? Are you? Um, Phil, do you have to leave? Oh. Yeah, I had to jet off here. I'm being beckoned for, but thanks for no. having me on. Okay. Uh, but uh, I did double check. I, I, it does look like I got that uh, tropical that last one in. So Woo! if you tweet me, the first one who tweets me has got like a pretty darn good chance of getting one. Everyone gets tropical four. <laughs> See y'all later. It's a good game. Enjoy it. Bye bye. Starcraft two portraits also yours. Uh, Diablo three Warsong pennant and the Hearthstone card back. That's all yours with the collector's oh, a edition. Card back. Yeah, so you can get all that digital stuff with the digital collector's edition, um, which will cost you less, and you don't get the art book you never look at, the mouse pads you won't use, the game disc you don't install from, the soundtrack you don't need because the game the game comes with the audio files, and the making of DVD that'll be leaked to YouTube the next day. So it's your decision. <laughs> Whatever you want to do. I would say the soundtrack is worth it so you can get like a high quality rip or lossless if you want it. Well, it all right. Yep, it, you're right. If uh if uh, but you can also buy the kilobit Vorbis files aren't good enough for you. I can I can't even play an Ogvorbis and I'm not gonna <laughs> convert it. Forget that. It's standard. Right. I mean I, I like that there's this family of blizzard titles and you can just you know, now that's pretty much standard. You buy one game, you're gonna get something for everything else. The card backs are interesting. I think that's the first time outside of the Naxxramas that they can... Well, I think this is the first time you can actually buy... Card outright backs. buy a card yeah. back. So that's cool. I guess. If you're into that. <laughs> if you're into that. <laughs> uh, let's see. Yep. So that's uh, that's all that stuff. Um, oh, I, I know what's wrong. I'm conflating two things, Anna. There was the intro cinematic... Which shows thro- um, shows Garrosh changing history, and then there's the story time trailer, which shows a guy talking about the shattered hand. Okay, that's what's going on. That's why we're confused. So the true past stuff is wh- how the shattered hand started, which is you know yeah okay never mind anyway ah now we can understand and this man the shattered hand have a wow that's kind of epic isn't that crazy yeah um. <laughs> Citizens of Earth got delayed. But only a little bit. And they're dropping the price. Thanks. And they, it's they, free? they bundled the... No, it's $15 now instead of oh. 20 
And apparently that's uh, because of the delay or they've denounced at the same time of the delay or something like that. Uh, Dragon Age Inquisition has a new story trailer. You can go watch it on our site about uh, stuff going on in Thetis. And um, uh, yeah, you can go see that and watch monsters that you need to kill. Uh, We have Sword Art Online post-DLC, post-launch DLC. So Sword Art Online... Sword Art Online, Hollow Fragment. That's a Vita title. They announced there's a DLC costume pack, which I feel bad even telling you about. <laughs> the, main, the game's launch is August 19th in North America, 20th in Europe, and uh, it'll be free until November 18th. That DLC pack will be free. Um, really quickly, Chris, I, uh, have you started watching the show on Netflix? Mm, what show? Sword Art Online. No. This is an anime tie-in uh, game. Yeah, I know. It's, um, it's on Netflix. It's yeah. surprisingly good. I think everyone on site really enjoys it. Well, oh, those who have seen it. But I've already seen Dot Hack. Uh, except this is newer and nicer. Okay. <laughs> Let me put it this way. I don't watch a lot of anime. I enjoyed season one of this at least. Well, did you enjoy Blackguards? Is this the game that I this forget t- exists? This is the tactical RPG you forget exists, okay. yes. Uh, this is uh, Blackguards 2 is coming, and we've got... Me- you know, we got movies oh my and goodness. screenshots for it because how many another year of guys you know black what <laughs> jeez okay we've got a teaser game of gameplay up for witcher 3 you can go check out plug that a little bit shadow realms is the new bioware game everybody it was announced at gamescom or before gamescom or around gamescom or something like that is it a moba <laughs> no, no it is not a moba okay. i don't know what's going on it is uh People are being awakened to magical powers and being recruited to fight against the shadow legions of Embra that have begun an invasion of Earth. Uh, it's been announced only for PC. It'll soon start a closed alpha, and you can apply via the game's website to join that closed alpha. Which uh, Say again, Shadow Fates? Shadow Realms. Shadow Realms. Yep. Jeez, that's generic. Okay, Shadow Realms. Sure is. Um, it's getting harder and harder, isn't it, to come up with original names for games? You're right. It is. I was thinking about that the other day. It's like we're running out of titles for everything, and yet surely that's not a new problem, and people have been dealing with it. So I'm just wondering. It's weird, though. Like in movies, you'll, there'll be like a bunch of movies with the same name, and then you just put the date that it was released at the end. Can you do that with games? Or is it licensing and rights holders? I think you can. All right. I just don't know what the rules are. Um around IPs and trademarks, but... So do we know anything about this game that was just announced? I don't know. I applied for the alpha. Um, um, so it's a... I told you RPG. everything I know. <laughs> so action RPG, right? I guess. I haven't really seen gameplay. Okay. You will have superpowers, and I bet you can kill things. Ow. And it's made by the team that made Star Wars The Old Republic. Or the the studio that made Star Wars The Old Republic. And they have a trailer that doesn't show any gameplay. That's what I know. But that's what they're working on. So that's their unannounced title that they couldn't tell us about at E3 for reasons I don't understand. But whatever. Rune Master from Paradox Interactive is a strategic fantasy RPG. Uh, Lots of Norse mythology in it. And you can go check out a trailer for that on our site. Um... Players will be able to create a male or female character from six races being tossed into the worlds of Jotunheim, Midgard, etc. Um, Earth is Midgard, if you don't know. And blah, 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 blah. 
Viking strategic RPG. What else do you need to hear? Go see if that's something you're interested. Go watch the trailer, and we'll have more info on it when you know if the game actually freaking comes out. Hey, uh, uh, do you know what uh, Game Paradox Interactive publish? Uh, they've published a lot of games, John. I was going to say Tropico 4, but... Oh, did they really? <laughs> yeah. Ah! I think they did. I think they did. Actually, no, wait. No, I might be wrong on that one. Um, I thought Tropico was Calypso. It is. Yeah, I got that wrong. Ooh, you get no bananas. Borderlands pre-sequel has a new trailer where you can see some gameplay of Claptrap in use, so you can go check that out. That's on our site. Uh, let's see. There's a gameplay video for Bloodborne, the new game by the guy who made you know the original Souls games. So you can go check that out uh, and see what uh, see what sort of gameplay that looks like. It looks like a Dark Souls game, in case you can't tell. Except there's a gun that you get to work into your combat as well. So yeah. Uh, Risen 3 has a new, uh, let's see, it's out now in North America and Europe. It'll be out soon, if not already. Oh, Risen 3 is out already? Yeah. Talk about a stealth launch. Yeah. Not a lot of fanfare. Nope. Um, they got a trailer, a three factions trailer. You go check that out and, uh, see how that goes. That's strange because the game has never been terrible. It's never been outright terrible. I don't know. I played played Risen 2 a little bit to get ready for this and I was not impressed. It was kind of middling. I'm not saying it was a great game, but I didn't, it it wasn't garbage. There was definitely some charm there. I expected a pirate RPG and instead I got a fetch quest RPG. So I don't know. Hey, you have a pirate game that you're not playing. I have multiple pirate games that I'm not playing. Well, this game looks prettier, at least. So I don't know. Maybe it's good. Whatever. Risen three, it's out. Someone play it. And tell me if it's good. <laughs> Freedom Wars has a video up on our site now. You can go check out uh, how that works. Anybody watch it? Play it? Know anything about Freedom Wars? No. Okay. <laughs> Coming out Never later this year. <laughs> you never even heard of it. Uh, that's the one where you're a prisoner and you're forced to fight monsters it's like we've talked about it in the past you were sentenced to a one million year sentence and now you have to fight against creatures known as abductors to kind of reduce your sentence cool so it's like uh imagine if luigi was being thrown in prison and he had to go collect all those coins in new super luigi u in order to to get rid of his sentence or something like that i don't know what i'm thinking of it's a new Super Mario Wait, Brothers 2. Wait, you do that in Paper Mario, don't you? I don't... In one of the Paper Mario games, you get captured. You have to collect something for your capture. Oh, okay. <sighs> Which Paper I don't know. You should be finished that. Maybe. <laughs> All right. Uh, we've got a trailer up from uh, <laughs> The Awakened Fate Ultimatum, an upcoming PlayStation 3 roguelike for, from NIS America. And I don't know anything about it. Then yeah, it's a roguelike, and you can go see this trailer. Which, let's see, hold on. We're just seeing characters, 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 more characters, characters. There's no gameplay in here. Um, so you can watch this character trailer. Who cares? It's a sequel to Guided Fate Paradox. So um, if you're into that game, you pr- might care to watch this video for the new one. Uh, Natural Doctrine has multiplayer gameplay highlighted in a video on our site now. So you can go, that game whose name I could never remember since E3, Natural Doctrine. It's called Natural Doctrine. It's a tactical RPG. It has a potential to be compared to things like Valkyria Chronicles. Um, Go watch the trailer, see if it actually deserves that right, and make your own decisions. Uh, Let's see. (sighs) Neptunia Reborn has a new video and 
A collector's edition. Yeah, all right. Limited edition for Hyperdimension Neptunia Rebirth includes the Vita game, an EVA case for the PS Vita featuring Purple Heart artwork on the front cover, uh, which includes a PS Vita compartment and a pocket for earphones, PS Vita cards, etc. Um, 8-bit Nep-Nep rubber strap from the Japanese Premium Edition, 2.5 inch. And Neptune and Purple Heart graphic art printed a high-quality photo of paper with a gloss finish. This seems like a worthless limited edition. Um, I don't think I care for this. Uh, it's exclusively available through Amazon Marketplace, Ify's online store. So, yeah. Whatever. All right, coming up, August 26th for the... Uh, what standard edition is coming out physically and digitally on August 26th and you can start ordering the the limited edition they're only a thousand units you can start ordering it at midnight on August 26th so no same day release or anything like that with that limited edition we got some videos up to see if you care about the game um Anne, are you going to be getting this mm, don't think because you want to play through Neptunia, and this is a remake of the first game. Oh, yeah, but I don't think I want the collector's edition. That's okay. That's what I was wondering. We have uh, an interview done by Jonathan Stringer with Brian Fargo about Wasteland 2. Go check that out. That has a release date now, right? Uh, does it? I know there was some big news. That well, big it is Wasteland not 2. in the interview. Wait, well, hold on. It's not in the interview, that's for sure. Release date? Um, wait. Yeah. <laughs> If I read this right, it's already out. So maybe that is some big news. So Wasteland 2. No, not well, Wii. Well, I know they got like a rating. They got the rating mature or something. Hold on. I own the game. I can see if it's... uh, What? You own Wasteland. It's still, it's still listed as early access. So No, no. I don't think it's out. That's for sure. Okay. But right. I thought they, they solidified a date. I could be wrong. Yeah, I don't know. Um, They... August 1st was their last beta update that went live and I don't I think we're getting close. But whatever. Wasteland right, 2. Cool. Uh go read that interview. Lots of Wasteland 2 info. I'm sorry I don't have the ability to summarize it for you here. We got an impression. Oh, we talked about that. And let's see. We have a story up about cosplaying Pikachu, which we've talked about on the podcast before. Um the, the, this begins our Pokemon block. All right. So, Wake me up when you're done. <laughs> There's a trailer for Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire that shows off Mega Slowbro, who is another one of the new Mega Evolutions. Uh, there is a bunch more photos of the new things like uh, Mega uh, Beldum, Matang, and Metagross, right? Uh, let's see. There is everybody gets a shiny Beldum somehow, right? GameStop limited edition. Okay. Nintendo will be distributing a shiny Beldum holding a Megastone starting November 21st. But that's only at GameStop? Yeah. Okay. So that's uh, not listed in our story. Let's see. Oh, another new Mega Evolution announced. Mega Audino. What? Audino? Yes, Audino. It got leaked earlier this week. Well... Well, we hadn't didn't have a podcast since it was leaked. So Mega Audino looks pretty awesome. Um and yeah, so there you go. Uh Mega Audino. Uh 
Shiny Mega Evolution awaits all players. Let's see. How is this launch? Now, this is an in-game distribution, Anna. Oh, is it? My yeah. It, it, maybe there's another... I, I, I remember you being right about a GameStop thing, but I don't know what that is. GameStop, Mega Evolution, Heracross, and Pinsir. Yeah. Starting August 13th. Oh, we got to go. We got to go. <laughs> no. As of August, oh, August 18th, so in two days, we have to go to the local GameStop and get a code for a Mega Stone that Pinsir or Heracross can hold. Yeah. So right now we can go and get Pinsir for free on the the distribution network. Okay, that's weird. Oh gosh. And if you go to GameStop for the code and then pre-order Pokemon Omega Ruby and Pokemon Alpha Sapphire, you get a bonus poster. <laughs> They'll hand you right there. Do you want a poster, Anna? No. No. <laughs> Do you want to just buy Pokemon digitally again? Yes. Yes. <laughs> You don't that way you don't lose your Pokemon when someone robs your house. Alright, so let's see what else we got. We got the trailer for Okay, got that. And Pokemon is getting an iPad game. Yay! Sort it's, of. It's the trading card game from the PC. It's coming yes. to uh iPad. Which makes a lot of sense. And that's through the Pokemon company, so mm-hmm. they're not like beholden to the like Iwata strict never on mobile right. <laughs> mandate. Right. And so that's... Uh, that's all I, we know about it at this point. Well, you can go play it right now on the PC. So if you want to get ready for it, go play the PC version. It's going to be mostly the same. So uh, I think they're showing it around uh, GenCon. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, uh, speaking of iPad ports... No, 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 guys... no. I got one more Pokemon game. All right. And one more Pokemon thing. You can grow your own Bar- Bulbasaur for 50 bucks. That's right. You can go to Shapeways and get a little... It's like a... Think of a Chia, Chia pet. pet, but it's not. It's a different monster in there. It's a little planter, and you can grow a flower in the back, and it looks like Bulbasaur, and it's awesome. And I bet Anna wants one. And Maybe. that's... Huh? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> and, because uh, that's everything in your life needs to be video game or anime thing. I think I'm okay with that, yeah. Everything. You can't even have normal toilet paper. It has to be anime toilet paper. No. Everything no. must be no. themed. No, no. Pa- toilet paper has to be certain quality levels. So no, who cares? There's a no. face of my favorite character on it. I, okay, that's disgusting. <laughs> no. Why <laughs> oh, right. well, sit in a normal chair when well, you can sit in the chair from Star Trek: The Next Generation? Anna, do you want this Zelda carrying case? It's Europe only. Oh. If you're in Europe, Club Nintendo and Nintendo prove that they love the European people more than the U.S. people. Um. Yep, you get uh, for 4,000 stars. I don't know how you get stars. Probably the same way you get um, points in the U.S. 4,000 stars on Club Nintendo there. You can order this cool, like, leathery-looking uh, Zelda case that's got the crest of Hyrule on it and some zippers and it'll hold, like, a 3DS, obviously, and stuff like that. Um, so, all right. What else is happening on the iPad, Aunt Manny? Um, I, Obsidian is making... Well, oh. Obsidian is porting over Pathfinder. For tablets to the tablets oh yeah okay. I, di- I didn't know um, it was on tablet i just knew they were making pathfinder games period yeah and they're making a tablet version uh i can show you the first screenshot of what it's going to look like on the platform and i'll share the story with you at the same time oh i thought i had the story up right now okay oh good 
Oh, Paizo has a page. Okay, let me go to the Paizo page. Um, no, that doesn't help at all. Oh, Obsidian's first product will be based on the adventure card game. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I've got the adventure card game. It's cool. And uh, that makes a lot of sense. And they got a screenshot of that here? No, that's <laughs> something else. No, it's the adventure card game. Okay, that does make a lot of sense. So fill me in. What is the adventure card game? So it's like a tabletop RPG, but with cards. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have the game. I haven't actually read all the rules yet because that's, there's a lot of stuff to learn. Um, but it sounds like they're making tablet versions, iOS, yeah. Android. Yes. And you'll have cards. So like your abilities and items and stuff will be in your hand and you've got scenarios and like you can see in the in the screenshot right there at this location, when using a weapon, subtract one from each die rolled. So they got like the the places you're in affect things, and and stuff like that. Yeah, so. it's interesting because there's like a backdrop of them in a harbor. So mm-hmm. are you going to be going to different locations? Yeah, I, but, uh, yeah. The there's probably scenarios that this helps walk you through automatically instead of having to read through a book and stuff like that. So like maybe we'll see scenes in the background as I go to the tavern and then I pull out cards. And- What's nice is it's, you know, it's kind of like cooperative. And so it's one to four players. So it's like you versus the game. Cool. So I like that too. So depending on however many people you got around, you can do this sort of stuff. Yay. All right. Um, wait a second. What the heck did that say? Are they still doing more of those games? Ew. So I was on Obsidian's website for a second and I thought it said something about Dungeon Siege and it's like, is that not dead yet? Because it should be. Digital adventure game. Hey, they got two more screenshots on the website on Obsidian, um, but they're tiny and you can barely see them. One's a map, one's a close-up of a card. Okay, whatever. Uh, Might and Magic Heroes 7. Um, Where's Phil when I need him? It's coming to PC next year. Nobody cares. Okay. Uh, here's a 3DS Anna probably wants because she wants every 3DS that gets announced. Do you see this one, Anna? The Super Smash Brothers one? No, I don't want that. Why would I want it? Because it's got Kirby on it. Yeah, wrong girl. <laughs> it's also got Pikachu on it. Yeah, also wrong person. And, and the biggest per- character on it is Link. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Okay. But that's the right person. I got the right person for that one. Congratulations. Yeah. Wow, Prince, you really know your wife. Uh, well, I, I, look, I like to end on the strong note. <sighs> Sony had a press conference over at Gamescom. Microsoft had one too, but nobody cared about it. So I don't know what was up with that. Um, the headline I saw out of the Microsoft one is that the Kinect is dead. I don't know if you saw any other headlines related to that, Manny. Did you? To what? The Microsoft press conference at Gamescom. Um, it was fine. All I, the only headlines I saw about it were like Kinect's basically dead. Yeah, and that's fine. Okay. Well, Sony had a press conference as well, and they announced some things. Um, share play, which is cool. You can play a game with your friends even if they don't own your game. So let's see. What have they announced that for so far? So you got to be PlayStation Plus, obviously, for you, not your friend. Um you can uh, NBA 2K, Child of Light, Tower Fall Ascension for sure, um, all supporting that. Other games as well. You just get to you say, "Hey, you should play this game with me," and then it streams the game to them on their machine, and uh, you get to play it and play with them. And that's really cool. That's part of uh, version 2.0 software. 
PlayStation TV is coming out October 14th in North America. And that's the thing that lets you stream PlayStation 4 content to a different TV or play Vita games on it or PSP games on it and stuff like that. PS1 titles. Uh, that'll be 100 bucks or 140 if it's bundled with a DualShock 3 controller. And let's see. Wow. It's not that... a lot of stuff. They were very just, hmm. you know, they were just video game press conference. They did the, like, but it was just, you know, they were both fine. None of them blew anybody's minds. I, yeah, but it was all the firmware 2.0 stuff was cool, I guess. Uh, finally, uh, features, you know. <laughs> okay. Well, share play I thought was really cool. So I'll move on. I just mean in general, there was nothing spectacular. Like the big thing yeah. out of Microsoft is Tomb Raider is a timed exclusive. Yes, except they lied and said it was an exclusive at the event. And then no, they later, didn't. They didn't lie. They no, used very... No, no they, they it, didn't no. use timed. They, it they took did not two days timed. for us to figure out it was going to be... No, 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 no. I don't... That because is not even true. on the Tomb no, Raider that blog, true. they do not call it a timed exclusive. That, that no, is no, true, no, 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 no. They no, no. I, I, Let me get my point in, is that they very clearly used very careful wording. They said, exclusive holiday 2015. Yeah. Except yeah, it's an exclusive released in holiday of 2015. No, 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 no. They didn't say exclusive release in holiday 2015. They said exclusive holiday 2015. Yeah. Believe me, there's a legal department that sits around and, and thinks about these very the careful words. blog comes along and is like, uh, we love no, our unethical. Sony fans, but fuck you guys. It's going to be No, no, no. And they didn't say that either. They didn't yeah. say that either. They were strongly... You very different interpretation, Anna. I'm gonna have to say I got mine, you got yours, and that's fine. <laughs> I, I I think it's despicable, and they shouldn't be allowed to do it. And I don't think it's it's who cares. It's yeah. a bit, who cares. I, I care. I think it's Term, time to clean up well, the way that we treat our our customers, and, and this is one of the honestly, ways you can do Tomb it. Tomb Raider fans care. Has Tomb Raider ever not been on PlayStation? It's going to be on PlayStation. It is. Yep. Not the point. What? Okay. I don't know what we're talking about anymore. So Middle Earth Shadow of Mortar will have PS4 exclusive content. <laughs> Speaking of more exclusive. This is reprehensible, despicable. <laughs> no, that's not just, well, no, it's totally not the same thing. <laughs> I, don't, I just don't care, dude. <laughs> All right. So All there's a trailer it. showing that. Uh, Skylanders Trap Team. This is cool. Anna. Yeah. The full game will be coming to iPad. Really? Yes. So Ooh. for $75, you get the game, the portal, Toys and a controller. What? Yes. <laughs> it's going to be seventy four ninety nine. It'll be six gigs of space on your iPad. Um, it's going to be the full game, and you play it right there. I want to get this just to see how it goes and what's up with this controller, um, because you're getting a lot of stuff for seventy five bucks, and usually the controllers cost seventy five on their own. <laughs> Um, yeah, it, it's going to be like a very specific controller. It's not like MFI or anything like that. So Which no is disappointing, but yeah. yeah. There's no guarantee it'll work with other games. Right. The other games will necessarily support it, but... And it's got the it's got the disjointed sticks, like a 360 controller. So it's interesting. Um, and you get some traps. So that'll be cool. We got we to gotta pick that up, Anna. That looks... That's just weird. It's, it even... It, the the, the uh, portal has a little thing for your tablet to stand on it. Cool. Oh. Okay, it, it does support iOS. I just had to add, they didn't I just noticed they didn't have an iPad in the in the pictures and wanted to make sure it actually No, it's just it. tablets period is what they're saying. Yeah. Okay. Good. Fire even. So, that's cool. Uh, uh let's see. Final Fantasy 14 has a 1-year anniversary a Realm Reborn has a 1-year anniversary site open now. Uh so you can go check that out. They're doing 
you know, we're talking about the anniversary uh, stuff. The um, the Moonfire Fair event is also up as well. What's that about? Um, well, it's it's basically patterned after those kind of uh, the Japanese summer festival. Uh, is it Tanabata? I'm thinking of. I don't know, but basically, it involves there are three uh, there are three mini game things: Yukatas and uh, New Dance. Oh, I still remember the music for this in uh, Final Fantasy XI. Down, 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 down. Oh yeah, it's down, different down, from the one down, in Final down, Fantasy XI, though. It's the same sort of thing, though. You wear the yukatas, and there's fireworks, right? Oh yeah, that's the basic. Yeah, that, that... <laughs> the and basic... there's the what is known as the bomb dance, although it's it's patterned after a Japanese festival dance, I think. Okay, cool. So it, this is like. Every anime, when you see, like, the like think of Cardcaptor Soccer when they go out to a, a summer festival. It seems yeah, to be what they're basically. going for here. Go, you, you run around, go to all the booths, scoop up some goldfish, and look at fireworks. And wear your yukata. So, all right, cool. Go do that in Final Fantasy XIV right now. Well, of uh, course, the best, part about, um, the best part about the yukatas is you can glamour them. So, uh, What does that mean? Uh, glamour is uh, Final Fantasy XIV's version of um, transmogrification. Okay. Oh, so you can make your other equipment look like the yukatas? Yeah. Ah, cool. All right. <laughs> Go raid in a yukata. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. There's a game coming out. Uh, what's it called? Uh, a Certain Hero's Escape. And it's an RPG about an RPG hero who doesn't want to be an RPG hero anymore. He's tired of it. And he wants to escape being an RPG hero. So... Yeah, he wants to escape from it. So you go check that out. It's called A Certain Hero's Escape. Kind of go look at that. It's kind of a different way of looking at an RPG. That's available on the iPhone now, or iOS now. And let's see. Oh, here's a cool one. So there's a cross-tactics RPG with Square Enix, Capcom, and Sega staff. So former staff. Excuse me, former staff from all those companies. They've uh, teamed up at Studio Gamkim. They're creating an episodic RPG for PC and mobile called X-Tactics, pronounced Cross Tactics, as we all know, X is pronounced cross in Japan, right? Uh, cross Tactics puts you in the shoe of a cast of secret agents, adventurers, and treasure hunters that work for government agencies tasked with keeping certain things under wraps in order to maintain peace and civil order. Uh, it's going to be something new. It's inspired by RPGs like Tactics, Final Fantasy Tactics, and Valkyrie Chronicles, and fighting game mechanics such as those found in Street Fighter. I don't know how you combine all those. It's being funded via Indiegogo, and it's already achieved its base goal, which was only $10,000. I don't know how you make a game for that cheap. And um, let's see. Yeah, so mobile first. Yeah, so somehow... Oh, it's going to use real-world data like weather and location data within the game. So think, like, as you're carrying your phone around, it's going to somehow, where you are, it impacts the game in some way or form. And it has different release windows all across the the platform. So iOS and Android, Fall 2014, PC Spring 2015, and a beta for Google Glass. Yes, they're porting it to Google Glass is planned for summer 2015. How many Google Glass games are there? Um, I think Zombie Run is on there. Oh, that's cool. That's a great idea. Which probably works better than it did with your phone. Yeah, I would think so. You don't have to look down. You just yeah. keep running. So go check this out on Indiegogo Cross Tactics, spelled X-Tactics. See if you are interested in it and want to support it. And with that, I'm out of stories. You got anything for me, Manny? Um, Yeah. 
Okay. It's funny. I was just thinking when you said his X is pronounced cross. And I was thinking like in, in the Apple store, they go, oh, I, I want to uh, get Mac OS Max cross, please. <laughs> Max cross. Not Mac cross. Is this the new Mac cross? Does yes, it support Mac, Mac cross? cross. <laughs> Mac cross uh, X. Um, you don't remember Games of Gold? I do remember Games of Gold. What's up? They changed over to the new Xbox 360 game. So starting from now until the end of the month, you can get Dishonored. For free. With your I, lit, I just board. logged into this yesterday. <laughs> cool. I didn't notice this. So let's see. Games of Gold. So it just changed. All right. So I'm logging into Games of Gold. Signing in. Signing in again. Signing in with the right account. Waiting for my browser. To... Okay. So anyway, you go click through some things and you get it for free. Right? Yep. Dishonored. And we already mentioned Oceanhorn has a Game of the Year edition update. And yep. I already, already talked about what it has. We all have it. Uh, yeah, about everything I talked about was... I guess the only thing I was going to talk about was... Uh, was... Uh, Peace Walker versus Monster Hunter. But it doesn't matter anymore. We already did our whole... Peace Hunter versus uh, Monster Hunter? Peace Peace Walker. Metal Gear Peace, oh, yeah. Peace Walker. What, what's I was going to say, like... Going on? Just some little comments I had or thoughts that, like... I the stuff I enjoyed about uh, Peace Walker was the gameplay, and the thing because you know it was it was very much Monster Hunter inspired, taking on these big bosses or tanks with a bunch of people, and it was a fun experience. But the parts that really got me down was the story and just like all the talking and the blah 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 nonsense. I was like, it's so refreshing to play the just a game like this where I just jump in. There's no story. There's no dragon talking to me about why he wants to rule the world. Like no dragon. That's not right. Wait, wait, there's a dragon in, in, in no, Peace no, I'm Walker? No, no, that's the good thing about Monster Hunter. Oh, because no I think Peace Walker would be pretty awesome if it had dragons that no. you were fighting with Metal Gears. No. No? No. Okay, that's too bad. <laughs> anyway, I was just a little side thought. Um, are you going to download PT? Are you and I going to play together? Uh, no, we don't do horror games. Uh, I will on, watch. I will maybe watch Patrick Klepek's video of him playing it. Um, and given the reaction gifts coming from what Patrick played it, I don't even think I want to do that because I think that's too creepy for us. We don't do horror movies. It's just not our thing, man. <laughs> man, Chris, Wait, you took which the game is this? real quickly. PT. Oh. It's the new Silent Hills thing. Oh, that, yeah. That Kojima is involved that the one, with. Yeah, the one being done by Kojima. Yeah. Which, I don't, why is it called Silent Hills instead of Silent Hill? Is that like a reboot? Maybe it's very no. It could or be the that there's maybe multiple dimensions. Ali- and there's oh, multiple aliens versus aliens sort of thing. Or like it could literally be there's multiple dimensions. There's multiple Silent Hills and you're um, going through them. Who knows? Okay. Cool. Who knows? Um, I guess that's it. I was just going to comment on Chris how you've taken to married life really quickly. How do you? How so? You speak in wheeze. Yeah. We we right, don't like Arthur Geese. <laughs> no, we really don't like horror movies. Hey, who likes Arthur Geese? Arthur Geese likes. Did Arthur you Geese. read that review he put up? Of what? Oh, oh, what was it on? It was on Polygon. Uh, I just read this. It was a terrible review. Um, what terrible? Because Metrico, you don't agree with it, right? or terribly written? No, Metrico. No, like terribly written. The first, mm. yeah, like read the re- first two pe- paragraphs of that piece of crap. Um, uh, I am not saying, I'm on the records, Emmanuel Marino is not saying this. Okay. On the record, 
I am not saying this. I am not bad-mouthing any fellow people in the game industry. Okay. <laughs> I, I feel justified because the Player One podcast had a lot of the same feelings. So I was like, ugh. It's just, oh. This Player One podcast? Player One podcast, a bunch of former EGM editors and stuff like that. <laughs> um, they they do a podcast they've been doing. They're, they've been doing longer than we have. That's a good show. Um, yeah, that's... Uh, Long story short, he uh, he criticizes Metrico for using too many PlayStation Vita features. Apparently, that's, that's a bad fine. thing now. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. I, mean, I, I have no problem with. No, I'll, be, I'll just say this straight up. I don't have a problem with reviews like that at all. I I like a diversity of opinions sure. from completely different perspectives. And if I, he I justified his opinions and wrote it well, it'd be certain some one thing. But uh, that's not what happens. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway. It's not the concept I have a problem with. It's the execution. So let's see. We have no more stories. And I don't want to sit here and complain about Arthur Geese's writing. That's for sure. Um, so let's all go play more Monster Hunter and um, download free PlayStation Plus games and whatever else we do in August while waiting for all the games to come out. Um, do we do we have any RPGs coming out this year? Yeah, Dragon uh, yeah, Age. Dragon Age. Dragon Age is like- a big one. They just announced like it's a 200-hour RPG. If oh, you want to see man. I knew it. It was going to be so big, and I've got no time, and I still haven't finished the first two Dragon Ages. Dude, you're not even playing Original Sin. You stopped playing Original Sin. I know, because of Monster Hunter. It's so your, It's your fault. No? Life finds a way. <laughs> um, I, I guess that's like the big one, right? If anyone's... Anna, are there any big uh, JRPGs or handhelds? That you're aware of? Huh? Any big... That is too vague of a question for me to answer. No, you would know. I mean, you're the lady who would know, right? Any big RPGs on the handheld? She has no idea. Requires <laughs> more specificity. Okay, any ones that the people on this podcast would care about? Coming out this week in general? No, this year. This year? Oh, or is this year? So no, many. I okay, do so not there's... have that coming off the top of my head. All right, fair enough. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening. And, uh, again, submit more feedback for the show, podcast at rpgamer.com. Thanks, for everyone. You can watch us every week, 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, at rpgamer.com slash live, or, of course, at twitch.tv slash rpgamer. That's also where you can find Anna doing pause plays throughout the week, where she's still working her way through Paper Mario Thousand Year Door. Um, and anything else interesting coming up for pause play? Um, I'm still trying to decide how I want to do pause plays World of Warcraft. Ah. So, if you have suggestions on whether I should play Horde or Alliance, or would you rather me see do it on an established server or a completely new server, still take a is that your new that. is that your new endless podcast stream? <laughs> you should be uh, Anna. You should be playing like some of these uh, RPGs on the iPad. Yes. Do you guys have that connector to do it? Yes, we do. Right here, go for it. Play some Ocean Horn. Yes, that's the one. You should play through Ocean Horn because it's like made for you, Anna. Now, didn't I try it? No. Okay. You tried oh, Lily. And unfortunately, I will not be here next week. Boo! Are we going to be here next week? Next week is GeekCon, Anna. 
Um, let's look at the schedule and figure it out. Stay tuned. We may not have a show at the normal time next week. So stay tuned. We'll update you on the forums at board.rpgamer.com. Check out the show throw. Show thread. And of course, Twitter.com slash rpgamer. Thanks for watching, everybody. Leave a review on on whatever service you use to download this. Leave a review. It brings in new people. Yep. We're on Stitcher, too, I think. So you can do it there. And uh, we'll see you next week, everybody. Bye-bye. Microsoft is evil.